0: The wake-up call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Now it's second down and eight. Back to throw. Got it complete. Dylan Bell. Touchdown,
1: Georgia. They've got about ten parts that they can use and a quarterback with the patience to find them and that five-man offensive line taking on this Tennessee pass rush and giving them a pocket to say, "Uh,
2: one, two, I'll take my third guy. And he did. Yeah, man, he's starting to put some things together for this offense. One of his bigger days of the season so far. Lawrence fakes the handoff again. Little off balance. go to the end zone. It's caught Strictly again, Trevor Lawrence slicing him up. Texans trying to get some points at the end of this half. Stroud on first down, he was looking downfield, he's going downfield toward the end zone, down, leaping grab, he's got it! Touchdown Texans!
3: When you got seven back there, um, you probably should be scared to get a ball back for some time, man, because he's a special man. Like, he's a special um, football player, and like I said, when he stepped on the field, he's the best player out there. Don't know how they felt, but you should feel. You should
4: feel. It. Orlando by 32. Indiana's second possession, third quarter. Alberton takes it into the lane, count it, and he's on the line with a chance for a three-point play.
1: Didn't compete well enough to start. Uh, really didn't compete well enough at all throughout the first half. Much better in the second half, but. When you get down by that many points, it's, you know, it's just, uh, it's going to be tough. Yeah, just a slow start. We had a lot of days off. I mean, it's not not an excuse. We just, we didn't come out with any energy. I don't know what exactly the reason was, but... You know, you're going to have games like this through the course of a year where you're, you know, dominated from start to finish. Uh, but you got to wash that off. And we got opportunity to be the first team to clinch a, clinch a group on Tuesday. So uh, i wash it off. Be ready to practice tomorrow. Be ready to go on Tuesday
4: some sights and sounds of the weekend that was. Appreciate Mark doing that. Welcome in fellas. It's a dr- It's uh live. <laughs> <Sorry>. Oh boy. <laughs> Not a good start to the week. It's a short weekend. Three we- days. You know know it. right. you- it's you know, all we got. All right. I, I got up in the, I, I think got- you were so shocked by Mark finding a Pacers highlight I- from I last was- night. I got up in the air and I saw the drivehuber.com studios. And then my brain, you showed both of your hands. And then my brain went to, does Kevin have his wedding ring on? Did he find that from Friday? And <laughs> And then, and then my brain went to the gutless Texans being able to win. And then my brain went to Indiana. Are they going to lose to Louisville tonight? Welcome in. Good morning. It's a wake-up call. Go ahead, Did man. you find the wedding ring? Wedding ring Ooh. was found. Good job. That was a new man a by about
5: 10.30 Friday morning. Good for uh, you. Mark, we couldn't even Good get the one you. highlight from the Tennessee game? The euphoria <laughs> no. after the 75-yard touchdown. Hey. I honestly thought we should storm the field after that. Stop the game let's there. Stop the game. Bring Dolly Parton out, and then let's storm Payton the field. Bring Peyton Manning out
4: and Dolly Parton, and let's go. The national ben. audio literally had
5: two Georgia highlights. That was it.
4: Oh, so, man. Yeah, that was an
5: absolute rout. I, I think this is always one of the more unique sports
3: weeks oh, I of love the year. This.
4: I, that's what I was going to say. Uh, you know? in, in my jumbled brain this morning, I was going to say, man, we got football tonight. Uh, we have all the college basketball. If you care about Indiana and Purdue football, we'll have that this weekend. I was going to say, locally,
5: I like it, too, because you know we're going to light this tree Friday night. We're going to get the Pacers playing that 8 o'clock Friday night game, which I always always enjoy the state finals, of course, Friday and Saturday. Uh, And and yeah, college basketball really, really ramps up. And then I feel like from an NFL sense, it's like, okay, now we actually start to look at the playoff standings. And it's a little like, I'm sitting there, you know, watching Sunday Night Football last night. I'm like, man, the Colts kind of want the Vikings to win this game. I'm not like acting like Denver's going to win seven in a row, but they just won four in a row now. So uh, one of my kind of, I think, underrated sports weeks of the year. So good Monday morning to everybody out there. Thank you for spending it with us. We will get uh, back into the Colts' chatter as they return from their bye week. Uh, Joel A. Erickson from the Star going to join us at 8 o'clock. Kyle Benrip, no one covers high school sports better than him. Obviously, it'll be a busy weekend for uh, Kyle down at Lucas Oil Stadium. We'll chat with him about the six different matchups here and a whole lot to unpack from yesterday. And honestly, just kind of a dud of a sports weekend. From a local standpoint, right? I'm trying to think of like all the teams... Well, um, basketball yesterday, it's one of those where... And I guess football Saturday, <laughs> for those that wanted momentum into the old oaken bucket, you didn't get yeah, that from th- Purdue or Indiana. And, and
4: we, we sat there and said, why are these two teams favored? Why is Purdue favored by three and a half on the road? Uh, it made no sense, but no, you're right. I mean, I don't even think it's an underrated sports week. It's a fantastic week. And for those, I know there are many of those that this week is a busy work week. For us, not so much. Right? Right For some, like me and KB and Mark Dykton, uh, not so much, but a fantastic sports week upcoming basketball-wise yesterday. You know the movie... Uh, is it uh, Big Daddy that has Adam Sandler? We all went to go and see Adam mm-hmm. Sandler last week. That was week. the first movie I thought
5: of when I You're heard right. his voice Wednesday right. night.
4: So, you know you know the part where the kid puts the sunglasses on and he becomes invisible? You know that part. Sure. You're oh, a yeah. Big it's Daddy man. It's an iconic man. scene. It's an iconic scene in the, uh, the great movie with Adam Sandler. I mean, that's how I feel about the basketball teams. This is just, just put your glasses on and let's not be seen because last night I mean, it's the first time the. pay Pacers... I, of course, Boston. But this was at Halliburton. Yeah, against the Orlando Magic. And in Boston, Halliburton doesn't play, and Boston very much could win the NBA championship. This was the freaking Orlando Magic. So that happened, and then Indiana lost by twenty yesterday, and they're probably lucky it wasn't worse. Giving the Xavier Johnson didn't do anything, Mackenzie and Baco didn't do anything, the bench didn't do anything, and so basketball was a complete yucking and, and then I don't know it, I mean to me yesterday the Texans winning was a bummer for the Colts right I mean the Texans winning no doubt in a close game Arizona had a chance was a bummer I guess on the positive side Pittsburgh losing and then for me Cincinnati uh, and the Jets and the Chargers all out so now you don't have to to me you don't have to worry about those teams we move them to the side so a mixed bag I would say for the Colts as we get ready for the Bucks on Sunday
5: yeah I was paying a little bit of attention to Tampa Bay and again that'll be the matchup coming. Coming up Sunday, it seems to be kind of an annual occurrence. The Colts play a home game the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Uh, they got really banged up, Andy, at San Francisco. Uh, Brock Purdy became the first 49ers quarterback in more than three decades to have a perfect passer rating. And if you look at the injuries Tampa Bay suffered defensively, uh, that tells a little bit of the story there. So this is a reeling Bucks team. I mean, they've lost, I think it's 4-5, or 5-6, five, five of something like that. Uh, coming into Lucas Oil Stadium, they're traveling, you know, back obviously late last night from the West Coast, and now they will take on a Colts team that you would think is getting a bit healthier. You know, a guy like Juju Brents. I mean, we we talk about individual storylines here over the final seven games, outside of okay, where are the Colts in the playoff standings? Yeah, I'd put him kind of high on that list. Um, so that'll obviously be something to keep an eye on when Shane Steichen does meet the media later today. Uh, right now, Andy ninth. That is where the Colts find themselves in the AFC standings, it's still a little bit of an awkward, like, okay, wait, that team's played 11 games, that team's played 10, no bye weeks here in Thanksgiving, we will get to the, I think it's the final bye week, maybe it's the second to last one, next week, so that'll kind of even everything out from a how many games have you played standpoint, uh, but like you said, you know, Jacksonville and Houston took care of business, uh, but if you look at the wild card, you did get some help, um, maybe some places you didn't get you know, all the help that you wanted, but right now I think the Colts exit the bye week. And, and on paper, I think you can make the argument of the final seven games, this might be the easiest. It might be next week at Tennessee, but if you look at, again, how banged up Tampa is, coming off the West Coast trip, they're very reeling. <sighs> They've lost six of eight. The
6: only T- reason that I have
5: pause with that comment, Andy, is like I'm reminded of like, oh wow, the Colts are back at home and they never went at home. So that's like the only reason like I have a little bit of pause there. Um, but still, yeah. If, if you look at these final seven games, these next two, home to Tampa, at Tennessee next week, I would say these are the two easiest if you look the rest of the way.
4: When we were going through the bye week last week, we, we were talking about Tampa Bay, but we always mentioned that they would have to go in and they would have to have the long flight and they would have to play San Francisco, right? That was the conversation. Wow, they're going to go get beat up. They're going to go play the Niners. So to a certain extent you know we looked at Tampa Bay but we didn't analyze Tampa Bay because we wanted to wait to after the Niners game right and I think that was fair I mean first to see if they were going to win or lose we thought they would lose they did lose by two scores to San Francisco but it was going to be hey what is the feeling around Tampa Bay when you lose not all losses are created equal you can leave banged up and that's exactly what they did I mean this is like two three weeks in a row and I know this is his M.O. but Baker may Mayfield's also been having to drag himself off the field. I mean, let's just—I mean, Baker Mayfield is is a hit away, and I know everybody's a hit away, but you know what I mean. I mean, he has taken he has taken a beating over the last month, and so I look at Tampa Bay. I didn't quite know, and we sit here on this Monday. I do know Tampa Bay is a bad beat up team, and if you're going to stay in the picture, uh, in the playoff picture, you beat a bad. Uh, you know, not a dynamic quarterback. You beat a bad, beat up team, and that's what's going to be in here in Lucas Oil. And you win at home. And you win at home. home. Something you haven't done a lot of, obviously, in the last two seasons.
5: Yeah, and that obviously has been a issue for this team. Yeah, like I feel you said, good 80 about 80 80 the Colts on to... Sunday.
4: Am I wrong uh, to feel no, good I, I... about the Colts? I was starting to feel good about the Pacers, and they were down thirty five to the Magic last it's night. It's
5: only like two and a half point favorite. Uh, the Colts is uh, yeah. the early look ahead to Sunday. Yeah, I, I think is where I'm at. With the Pacers, I I think, you know, accurately to call it yesterday embarrassing, um, not to mention Andy, I mean, that was like a sellout. That was a great crowd. You know, family night, you have the 5 o'clock Sunday tip, a bunch of people bringing their kids to the game. No
4: Colts game. Um,
5: I do think it's a little bit of a, how do you handle success? And, you know, yesterday was the rare Halliburton game. First time in over a year he's had more turnovers than assists. And it's just going to continue to grow of... How many times have you know I and we talked about over the last few weeks, Andy? He is one of, if not the most valuable player to his team. So what does that mean? The other team is going to do everything they can to take him away. I didn't. He tried to walk a fine balance after the game, Andy. I didn't love the Halliburton like hinting that the officiating contributed to a lot of the Pacers' issues yesterday. He just flat out got your ass kicked, and 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 I think you just own that. Like, when Jairus Walker and Ben Shepard are getting into the game early in the second quarter, that means that Rick Carlisle is like, we are getting our ass kicked. We're getting right. run out of our own building right sur- now. I was surprised by that. He, I he... was surprised Halliburton, like, walked that line as much as he did. He tried to do it in a very politically correct manner, but he went back to it on several occasions post-game, and I just think flat out, you, you know, whatever, you listen to everybody, including us, sing your praises for four or five days. Uh, Did that contribute to it? Is this a Magic team that is one of the better defensive teams in the league? They have a lot of size. The Pacers have had issues with that. You know, maybe I'm grasping at straws, trying to find reasons for it. But nonetheless, uh, embarrassing from Indiana, Uh, The beauty of it is the NBA season usually lets you offer a reprieve pretty quickly, and that will be tomorrow night. As the opener said, it is in Atlanta. That is the play-in schedule, or that is the play-in game, I should say, uh, in season tournament, if the Pacers win that, they will clinch their group, and then they will be back at home on a back-to-back Wednesday night. Those are both seven thirty tips, by the way. Atlanta and Toronto on the road in Atlanta, home to Toronto on Wednesday. Did that one hurt your Pacers bet? By the way, that one hurt. That was one you kind of chalked up in the wind Yeah, and, and obviously you've gotten ones that you probably have stolen. You know, at Philly, um, but the Pacers have had it now. What have I, I would say three home losses where I'm kind of like, huh? Yeah, you know, sh- Chicago,
4: Charlotte and a little bit of Orlando. But these were at least close games. Last night was right, right, Last right, right, night right. was the first Steam-rolled, one. Steamrolled, yeah. We, we did all of the, well, we probably took them from Twitter, but remember all the stats that we did on Thursday and Friday about all the games <laughs> that Halliburton hasn't had a turnover in all the minutes? I wish I could go find my show sheet that we did all of that. It felt like every narrative, uh, every positive narrative for the Pacers that has been created this season. And rightfully so. Going into last night, yeah, they, they were seven and four it. and they yeah, they had earned it. They it just it blew up last night. And, and I then I think they've earned benefit of the doubt moving forward. Like I, I don't
5: think this is the norm. But there is this okay, how do you handle success? You're on the road in Atlanta. You know, where is this is the defense ever going to have a semblance of showing up? Because when you can't get into an offensive rhythm and Halliburton does have one of these rare nights, then you just expose your defense even more because you're not making shots. The other team's getting out in transition and boy, I mean, you just blinked yesterday and it was already down, you know, whatever, 10 early and so on and so forth. Uh, And then as you mentioned, Indiana, Oof. They lose by twenty to Yukon. I think that spread ended at about like eleven or twelve. So that was, you know, a much bigger loss than even those in Vegas. Just a couple things, Andy, six out to me, disappointing. Um, you know, your your six year senior gets put back in the game in the first half with two fouls. That message is sent by Mike Woodson of you've been here before, you can handle this. And what does he do? He's on the floor for ninety seconds and he gets a push off for his third foul. Um and if Indiana's gonna play big then play big. Like, be tougher. Be the aggressor, whether it's rebounding, second-chance points, defending the rim, all the things that when you start 6'8", six, 6'9", six, and seven, one or whatever Cleo Ware is, that means you're supposed to be playing as the bigger, more of the enforcer, you control the paint, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Indiana did not have Oon, second-chance point yesterday. UConn absolutely dominated the offensive glass, and... It's another one of these games where, you know, Indiana throws out all the five stars, three of them in the starting lineup. UConn's throwing out more of the hey, we're gonna be four star guys, we're gonna be a little bit more veteran. Our five star's not even in the lineup, he's out due to an injury. And UConn just out outclasses.
4: Yeah, I got tired during the broadcast. Was it Jay Williams? Was it Jay? I, I got tired of Jay Will okay. pretty early. Uh, when, uh, Jay Will talking about, well, you know, Indiana has as much talent as UConn. They have more talent than UConn. I'm like, you know, the game, it's a 15 point game right now. I'm like, well, you know, some of that's high school ratings. I, I thought the just looking at both basketball games yesterday with the Hoosiers and the Pacers that the ills that the teams had both reared their ugly heads. Uh, I mean, you know, for for the Pacers. Pacers, they don't play defense at times, and they foul a lot, and they can You know. And what did you get post game? Well, they didn't play good defense. Carlisle talked about that, and we saw that everyone, obviously, everyone was unhappy with the whistle yesterday. But the Pacers fouled a lot. As for Indiana, they don't shoot threes, they don't make threes, they don't guard the three, and they get beat defensive rebounding. And you saw that. See, that's uh, the issue, though. If you, we know they're not going to perimeter right. control the game. They're not ba- going to. Yeah. Ban- don't home. lose by
5: eleven to rebounds. Ten or eleven threes. That's fine, but you can't then just get feasted on oh. the glass. And that's exactly what yeah. happened I, yesterday. I, and I didn't love you know, I'm listening to Mike Woodson with, with Fish afterwards and, and and Woodson says something effective like you know, that was a wake up call for us.
4: And I want to sit here and be like, what were the first three games then? You almost lost to Army. Yeah. You know, it was a close game to right state. With Florida five Gulf minutes coast to go. without
5: its best player. Army right. or you know, Army picked to finish what, three hundred and ninetieth in college basketball and right state without its best player? Like, when is that? Like, is the bar that low? And I feel like it is. Like, the bar has turned into being such a low standard for Indiana basketball that it takes now, no, 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 you, you got to lose by 20 at Madison Square Garden for it to be a quote-unquote wake-up call when, you know, embarrassing having to hold on by the seat of your pants for 30, 35 minutes against mid-major programs at home should be the wake-up call uh, for them. So that will be 4.30 today
4: Indiana and Louisville And how about Louisville Andy They actually almost won I mean, Louisville moved, I, had, hit a hell of a the, shot to beat him. Louisville moved up like twenty-five spots in the Kempom with the loss. Louisville's been one of the more embarrassing programs, uh, just terribly coached programs. They have had no juice, no fire, and for the first time in probably two years, Kevin, they look they looked that much better. That's the best game they've played in two seasons. I'm not kidding. And they have I almost, not won a game away from home in the Kenny Payne era. Is no, that correct? No, I mean that's a they had a game where they beat Clemson and essentially ended Clemson' season. But I'm telling you, if you're Indiana, I mean this. Louisville's bad, and I still think they're going to be bad this season. They're a team that's going to be one, sub-150, you know, sub-140 sub in the Ken Palm. If you're Indiana, and you think you can make the NCAA tournament, you can't lose to a bad team like this. You can't. And I almost want to pick Louisville in this game. The way they played in... I mean, listen, it's a better matchup for a guy like Khalil Ware. He's not going to be up against uh, someone who physically is going to be in his face. Yeah, like Ware made yikes. a two point
5: bucket yesterday. Donovan Klingon certainly controlled the paint in that one. Uh, also, the Boilermakers of Purdue will get their Maui tournament underway today. Uh, Gonzaga favored last I saw by five and a half over the Zags in that one. Obviously, Gonzaga lost a whole lot from last season. Um, but that will be a 5 o'clock tip from the islands. All right, good Monday morning to you. Thank you for spending that with us. I'm Kevin Bowen. He's Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton with us. As always, we, we still got to talk Knoxville. SEC life's yes. different, boys.
4: Yes. <laughs> but Tennessee yes. at
5: football, not very good.
4: Yeah, you kept saying, I'll take the nine and a half. I'll take the ten. It's <laughs> yeah, Tennessee boy. at home. And you looked right oh, for about gosh. 45 seconds. Yeah, You I'm looked a, like you were yeah. on the right side of that game. I, I hate to call her out, but
5: I thought once Dolly Parton came out, I thought to myself, oh, boy, yeah. you talk about losing your fastball. <laughs> Peyton's oh, like, wow. wait, yeah, wow. like, wait a minute here, wait yeah, a minute. That is, am I
4: listening to Jim Say sing me, here me, for a second? Me, I know that's sacrilegious wow. to say. Wow, yeah, me crushing uh, Rocky Top. You were stunned. What you are saying about Dolly Parton yeah, is equally as stunning to me.
5: Trust me, I know, but I think I can say it in this market. Maybe not like in the SEC market.
4: You might not want to say that in, uh, you know, Nashville, Tennessee. No, you, know, you might not wanna at leave, all. You might want to leave that take in the in the suitcase. Good Monday morning to you. Thank you for spending it with us. It's the wake up call, KB and Andy. Yeah, remember, Joel A. Erickson going to join us coming up at 8 o'clock. We'll talk some Colts, obviously a big one for them. Lucas Oil on Sunday hosting Tampa Bay. Uh, let's jump into it though. In the NBA last night, not a good one. Really, one of the first stinkers of the season, especially at home, especially with Tyrese Halliburton, Pacers, losers, 128, 116 toward the uh, Orlando Magic. In the segment number one, you mentioned Tyrese Halliburton being unhappy, inferring some stuff with the referees. Here's one of those Clips post game.
1: we didn't get enough stops I uh, didn't get out and play in transition uh, I thought the juice from us from the jump wasn't great um, I thought that they were at, they lived at the free throw line tonight and I don't I think part of that is a result of us but I think there's um, other factors as well I thought they were at the free throw line every every other play and that's the way they play they get downhill they don't shoot a ton of threes but um, yeah rough night
4: Interesting comments just because, you know, know, well, I mean, Carlisle, every time he's come on with us on a Tuesday, has mentioned that they're fouling too much.
5: Defending without fouling has been an
4: issue. Right, and, and, you know, he wasn't happy. In fact, give me that one as well. Clip clip three, if you don't mind. Here's Carlisle also on the refs last night. He was happy but did not take the bait.
1: You're not going to get me to talk about the referees, so quit trying. I led the league in technicals last year, all coaches, and I have zero this year. So I have a a strong belief in these guys. (laughs)
4: <laughs> Fines at a minimum for Rick Carlisle. I, I don't know. I, I'm with you. I mean, this has been... Will he answer that tomorrow at 8 a.m. when he uh, joins Well, this? I mean, we got to ask him about it. I mean, obviously, this was something that was talked about with the team, the coaching staff, the players, about fouling. And, obviously, they did not like the whistle yesterday. All of them. From the head yet. coach all the way to the star player, who wasn't you're, good yesterday.
5: You're down 34 at yeah, halftime. I'm you you know, 30 going not, into the fourth quarter. Let's I, not listen, go I'm I, down that path too, too much. Jarris Walker, 7 points in 14 minutes. It's Ben Shepherd, seven points in fifteen minutes if we're looking for anything. That's not related. Jordan at <laughs> nineteen. Pacers getting run off the floor. Yes, Jordan Moore <laughs> did have a nice night. Um, okay, week eleven in the NFL yesterday. How about the Fighting Dan Campbells? They come back. Sorry, Mark. Actually, Mark, I don't know what you're rooting for there in the fourth quarter. It, wow. it was it was entertaining nonetheless. I mean, I, I mean, I'm jealous
4: of Mark. His team did what you do. You lose in honor. My team's winning. Losses. My yeah, entertaining yeah? Sure. losses is what me and Mark are rooting for. And but you know, he had a good Sunday and I had a bad Sunday. I would
3: say I would say Justin Fields came back. He played great. I thought DJ Moore was great. And then the coaching staff, which I think are a bunch of dopes, did dopey things and they
5: lost. So, <laughs> Dopes is out. an underweighted word there, Mark. It really is. Yeah. It's a are good we, word. If the Eagles lose tonight to the Chiefs. Are we looking at the number one seed Detroit Lions in the NFC? you
4: damn right we are. It goes through the Motor City. I mean, how, their defense stinks, though. How, how awesome is bad. that? Golf wasn't good yesterday, either. 8-2, the Lions. CJ Stroud
5: throws for 336. The Texans beat the Cardinals. Jacksonville rebounds very nicely. They roll the Titans there. Uh, what else stood out to you guys in Week 11?
4: I, I, I think what stood out to me I, I, was that Texans game. I mean, that was a big one for the Colts. You know, the Cardinals have a ball in the air there to win that game at the end. And then, you know, just, uh, just, you know, speaking out, viewing thing, things through the Colts prism, just how, how offensively challenged the Pittsburgh Steelers are is unbelievable and how the Browns throw anyone at quarterback and win games just anyone they put back there at quarterback by the way Joe Flacco got signed to their practice squad this oh, morning or late I, I or late last that, yeah. night maybe but uh, to me that stood out and then and when you talk about the end of the Brandon Staley era there with the Chargers you're going to absolutely look at a game like last night 23-20 uh, the Packers winning that game just ridiculous Staley pissed off after the game he's done and there you go congratulations that's Packers one of those i'm like
5: six. are we going to get something today on that like, it,
4: it, it's one we of those could. Um, Ron reflects. Rivera could be going too cuz that was a yeah. horrific performance. Ron Rivera got dominated by by Tommy DeVito. <laughs> Just, you, I mean, the Giants have nothing to play for. you I want, uttering that phrase? I'm watching, makes me Lu- cringe, I'm watching but Luke May. I'm watching Luke May, and I'm watching North Carolina Clemson over the weekend. And there's no reason you need to watch that. The only two people watching that are me and Jake Query. Those are the only two people watching in in the entire city of Indianapolis. No one should care about that game except for us two.
5: Eagles two and a half point underdog tonight. It is the Super Bowl rematch. Philly in Arrowhead for uh, easily the game of the year so far in the NFL. I can
3: only imagine how pissed Andy. Was watching the
5: Giants just blow out the commanders.
3: I'm like, really? What
4: are you doing? I mean, it's a team they own, by the way. Eliminator Leagues got slaughtered on that one. No,
5: don't get me started. Oh, did you have the commanders? I told the in-laws Jacksonville they wanted to Wait, the This is the
4: second time. No, I know. Uh, I Mark know. Why this are you is. You the getting sec- vetoed? I mean, the, the in-laws run you over and have then the they right lose. Last name. You're the sports I know. guy. I
5: know. So are they done now? You're the morning host. You're done. Done. Oh. The little brother-in-law finally said, Maybe we should listen to Kevin. I'm like, I, You know what oh, you need to do? Too late. Thanksgiving.
3: Just stand up. Like, don't you ever doubt me again. Mm-hmm. Right. Now where's the
5: turkey? I'm just shotgunning a six-pack in the corner there to really make a statement. Uh, where should we go? Should we go college football? Yes, Indiana and Purdue both yeah. lose as favorites <laughs> over the weekend. Hudson Card, you know, for those that are caring about the bucket game this Saturday, his rib injury will be yeah. something to keep an eye on. Purdue is a slight favorite in that one. Both teams, 3-8. and eight Just Indiana on. lost this season it, it, they
4: let in the fourth quarter they give up the touchdown with a minute to go then they drive the field yeah, that was very then they, very they, Indiana then they get a penalty then they shank a field goal by fifteen yards very Indiana <laughs> to sum up
5: that final home game uh, what is Michigan five point favorite am I seeing that yeah North Ohio
4: State yeah yeah I got a Michigan hey, story I told we'll you Michigan into.
5: would 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 struggle with Maryland. God, Maryland had some chances.
4: Yes, they did. Uh, quickly, Indiana losers by 20. We talked about it. 77-57. They get Louisville tonight, and then about, what, the same time, Purdue and Gonzaga. So, college basketball locally, uh, JMV is going to have to have one eye on the microphone and one eye on the television. God, you talk about some multitasking today. Yeah. Uh,
5: you don't usually get that on a Monday, but a couple college basketball games today. Uh, last thing I did want to mention, state finals. We'll have Kyle Nenterip on later today. Obviously, We will air all six of those games coming up on Friday and Saturday. A quick rundown of the schedule for that one. It will be the odd classes on Friday, starting at 11 a.m. for the third straight year. It's Lutheran and Adams Central. 3A, it is the dominant Shatard Trojans taking on the fighting Jay Cutlers and Ken Dilgers. That would be Heritage (laughs) Hills. 5A nightcap. How about Decatur Central here locally? Uh, They will take on Fort Wayne Snyder. Then we get to the even classes on Saturday. It will be Fort Wayne Lures and North Posey, the 2A game. And I'm going to throw this question to Kyle. You might have the best team in the state in the 4A game. That is East Central. They have been absolutely dominant this season. They are taking on Northwood, which has a couple of very high Division I prospects. And then the nightcap. You don't get it often, but for a second straight year, we'll have a non-Indianapolis representative uh, in the 6A state championship game. That would be crown point, and they're going to take on one of the more magical runs you're going to see in a tournament. That would be the Ben Davis Giants as they end Center Grove's uh, trying to go four straight. So can't wait to chat with Kyle coming up here in less than an hour. That sounded like an epic semi-state game. On Friday night. All right, on the other side, as Andy said, a lot of basketball to get to, and the Colts return from their bye week. What to watch for here as they make their playoff push here in the final seven weeks of the season. We'll do that next.
4: Joel A. Erickson gonna join us here in about twenty minutes. Uh, we'll keep talking. Obviously, disaster basketball wise for the Hoosiers and the Pacers. Gonna dive into some Colts here as they get ready for the Bucks on Sunday. You know, just looking, we're get, we you know, we're gonna talk about it and obviously, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it in check downs and everything else. Kyle gonna join us at eight thirty. Uh, but I was looking at the I the IHS AA's website. You know, just looking at the the games coming up at Lucas Oil on Friday and Saturday, and then at the very Bottom, Kevin, they have restrictions, okay, of things you cannot bring in. You know, you can't bring in banners or posters. So I said, oh, okay, you know, that's fine. You can't bring in electronic noisemakers, fireworks, recorded can't music, sirens, okay. Battery
5: powered cowbells. Yeah,
4: so I'm like, okay. And then it says throwing of articles, including toilet, tissue, and baby powder, is not allowed. Oh. And no live mascots are permitted at any time. Paul so. James not invited. Uh, can't yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, no live mascots? No live mascots. <laughs> no toilet tissue or baby powder. So that must be something that one of these fan bases has brought to Lucas Oil at some point. I'm just picturing, like, you know, baby powder all in the visiting sideline as the
5: Bucks and Colts play on Sunday morning after the state finals. Again, this year, and we've talked about it, and I'm certainly disappointed about it because it's a, you know, I think it's an annual tradition for a lot of people. Uh, if you want to consume the state finals this year on television, you're going to have to stream it via ihsatv.org, and that's going to cost, if you have the website up, Andy, is it 15 a game and 20 total?
4: Oh, uh, Yes. Uh, okay. So, yes, yeah, streaming is $15 per game or 20 for all games. So, they want you to spend 20 bucks sure. and take
5: all the games, obviously. And again, this is a Bally sports issue. That, that That's what there's kind of stems from. And the IHSA, I think, certainly wants to try and make money off of this as well. So, I have a feeling our airwaves are going to be pretty popular mm-hmm. um, for the state final. So, you can certainly hear coverage. Uh, the odd classes on Friday, the even classes on Saturday uh, on our network right here.
4: I'm looking right now, you know, I like to do this, whether it be the sports radio or the blogs or, you know, even I'm looking at the Tampa Bay Times right now. And right now, right now, uh, you know, everyone knows uh, Levante David, linebacker there with Tampa Bay. He left in the second half with a groin injury. Carlton Davis, who is one of their starting corners, left uh, with a hip injury. Those are just two And and Jamal Dean, I think their other corner. Those are just three examples of how beat up this team, Team is how beat up this Tampa team is. This is a Tampa Bay team that knows they're not getting in the playoffs. I mean that that's how at least I view this game. They know they're not a playoff team now. I will say the Vikings losing kind of at least opened up uh, that, you know, opened up that seven seed a little bit. But, I mean, Minnesota still has a two-game lead over Green Bay, the Rams, and then you get to Atlanta before you get to Tampa Bay who is 11th in the NFC. Uh, to me, I was waiting to see how I would view this game on this Monday, and I think the Colts are sitting in a fantastic spot. If they lost on Sunday, it would be a super ruining of an opportunity. Yeah. It
5: really would. And I think, again, when you look at the final seven games, Andy, and I think this might be the easiest one that you have on paper when you think about the injuries you just laid out, traveling back from the West Coast, very reeling. Another storyline I think that is of concern to the Colts exiting that New England game. What did New England do to you? without a passing game at all, they lined up and pounded it right at you. And they bully-balled you for long stretches. I mean, they had multiple drives of over 60 yards just thanks to running it right up the middle. The worst rushing offense Mm -hmm. in the NFL, that would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So when you think about Grover Stewart's absence for two more games, now, next week, if you're going to look out another week, that is at Tennessee, and obviously, you know, you have a Derrick Henry element to that one. But if you're looking here, uh, this will be the fifth game that Stewart has to miss. Uh, that should not be a concern to you. And you know if there, Levante David is there. Zaire Franklin probably times a little bit more. I mean he, I think yesterday passed somebody. Of, I think maybe Rondé Barber. He's now like the second leading tackler in franchise history. I mean he has been their guy mm-hmm. in the middle of that defense for several years. And then a couple injuries at corner. Uh, because that to me is another question of if there was a big Shane side in focus for the bye week, Andy. How do we resurrect the passing game and just get Gardner Minshew again? Get him back to the baseball card because we hit on a few of these numbers last week. He has been playing below his own standard. Even if you just look at Minshew's career, he is not, he really is not very close to the numbers that he has put up, whether it was in Jacksonville, whether it was in Philly, whether it was even earlier this season. Uh, and the numbers is of him in relief versus as a starter. A big big difference as well so you know is Josh Downs getting healthier does that help you out in Downs playing a full game uh, I think that is a big storyline to watch as well
4: yeah I think injury wise I'm interested what what is said about da, uh, Downs and Brents right those two specifically, sure. if those two are going to be back. I mean, it's been a number of weeks for Juju Brents, and Josh Downs has been hobbled now for two weeks. He got the week off, and you would imagine he'd be ready to go, especially if they're down one or two corners. Having a guy like Josh Downs, I mean, that's a difference in winning the game on Sunday.
5: And I think you say that, and Andy, if you would have told me back in mid-August, you're going to bring up Josh Downs and Juju Brents' health in late November, and you're going to say it's of high importance, I would have assumed the season's kind of gone off the rails, Mm -hmm. and you just mean that because you want to evaluate these two rookies a lot down the stretch. Yes, you do want to evaluate these two rookies a lot down the stretch, but you really need them in the here and now. Like, if you're going to make a playoff push, they are two important pieces to you moving forward. So, um, yeah, when you talk about injuries coming out of the bye week, Ryan Kelly with his concussion as well, you know, that would be another one that would
4: fall onto that list there. Um, I, I Here's the thing that, that has to worry you. Listen, I, th- this is not a good Tampa offense. By the way, I was hoping I was going to get to make fun of Mark because while you were talking, I was going down the box scores, mm-hmm. and it looked like the only game Tampa Bay had rushed for more than 100 yards was against was against the Bears. It looked that way. But they have one more, the Saints. They rushed for over 100 yards against the Saints. So Hang the uh, banner, Mark. Yeah, it's, it's too bad. I was hoping we were going to be able to have fun with that. The Place that I Tampa Bay. I honestly forgot that the Bears
3: played the Bucks. I, That's listen, how long of a season
4: I know. Been. You look confused over there. Yeah, it was back in Week two. Twenty <laughs> twenty-seven seventeen. I've been through hell and back. I know twenty-seven things. seventeen. The the thing that they could do to beat you would be what? Throwing the football. And, and and Mike, yeah, Mike Evans, Mike, Mike and Chris Evans Godwin, and Chris Godwin yeah. specifically. Trey Palmer is a rookie's uh, had a moment or Kate, two. Is it Cade Otten? I believe is a tight end, a second or third year guy who's playing pretty well as well. But I mean, to me, that's why I mentioned Juju Brantz. We just we haven't talked a lot about him in the last few weeks, so I'm interested if there's any update there. More so than even Downs, because I think Downs, you know, he didn't miss the game against New England. You know, he didn't play a lot the last couple weeks, but he didn't miss those, so that. Makes me think, hey, this guy gets a week and change, he'll be ready to go. But to me, finding out kind of uh, where Juju Brents is is probably near the top of my list this week. Uh, are we going must win today for the Hoosiers? Okay, so if Indiana loses today, well, let me ask you this: if you lose to a Louisville team who I think is going to be in the 150s, to the best Ken Palm, I mean, this is the kind of game where if you lose. Usually, if you lose to a Louisville, it's it. You know, you lose to UConn, not the end of the world. Oh, you're no, the end. That doesn't You're hurt trying your to make the N- you're no. trying to make the NCAA tournament, right. But Louisville has numbers that that are like losing to a bad mid major. I mean, that that that's that's right. what it, that's right. what it would be. I looked at their forty four. I mean, that sandwiches Louisville and the chem bomb, uh, between UC Davis and Colgate. So if I told you today that Indiana lost on a neutral floor by five to Colgate, what would you say? You'd say, wow, I mean, now they're squarely behind the eight ball to make the NCAA tournament. It's a it's a you can't lose. No, it's an absolute you can't lose today. You yeah. got to win. And again, I'm, I'm
5: shaking my head at yesterday's effort because... Two things. When you hear Mike Woodson after the game talking about, well, I think this would be a wake-up call for our team. What the hell was the first three games?
4: Yeah, I mean, Mike Woodson knows that because he got mad at the media for questioning how poor they played the other night. It almost seems like, shouldn't you pay attention to the crazy,
5: passionate fan base and to the crazy, passionate message boards and maybe the media asking that questions when they clearly had a pretty high urgency, uh, whatever intensity meter of like, guys, this isn't going well. And this should not be the quote unquote standard at all. And then yesterday when you know, you're not going to shoot it great, which, you know, that's par for the course with Indiana here recently. And that was certainly true yesterday from behind the arc. Then you better make sure that you control a paint area second-chance points, those sorts of opportunities got to be there. And whether it was Malik renew fouling out, Khalil Ware doesn't make a two-point jumper, Mackenzie Mbako continues to look extremely lethargic. Um, Yeah, uh, all of that just, to me, adds up to, um, I, I would say my worry
4: meter Skyrocketed really a good amount. Okay, so you're closer to me then because yeah, yeah. I, I was I kind of felt like you were looking at me with a side eye last week where I'm like, I don't know if this is an NCAA tournament team. I, I just listen, Renew was great, you know, especially the first half, he was very good. Mbako looks completely lost. And it, it's, completely lost. It, it's one thing that Jay will, and you, you like him, don't like him, fine. It's one thing he talked about. I mean, Mbako is completely lost, and that's what happens yesterday when Xavier. Johnson, never had his head in the game, got the two fouls, comes back in. You mentioned it in segment number one. Yeah, just a horrible and get, third foul by him. gets the third foul, which was a foul, and Khalil Ware has to face another big that's going to lean on him, that it's not going to be Army or yeah, Florida Yeah, you can't Gulf dunk Coast. on a bunch of mid-majors. Yeah, you're not going to be able to do that, and they just get... Now listen, I know Gunn had seven points and Walker had five. What? A, they just don't get any... They just... I feel like they don't have firepower, and that's probably because I'm not a huge Trey Galloway fan. You know, I, I think he's fine. I think you're maxing out probably his talent, but it just doesn't feel like they have that backcourt firepower. Not at all. No, uh, um, the starting three—if you go one, two, and three. 16 points, 4 turnovers, 2 assists by Indiana yesterday. UConn, 46 points, 9 assists, 4 turnovers. Our guy Adrania put that out. You
5: can't have your six-year senior commit such a dumb third foul or be in a game where this is one of the games you circle on the calendar and what, he takes two shots the entire game? And again, Trey Galloway as a starter at a program like Indiana and asking him to be whatever, the lead off guard... That can't happen. No,
4: he's averaging 11 a game, and that's good. Like I think you're maxing out Trey Galloway, but they just they don't have firepower. And if I'm, I I, I would say this: we had was it last Tuesday or Wednesday? We had Mike DeCorsi on, and he doesn't believe it's a personnel issue. I believe it's a lot it, more I believe it. you may not. I know Indiana fans for the last couple of years have not liked. I got to buy a huge Indiana fan. He hates Mike Woodson's uh, substitution patterns, uh, and now he had to change that up yesterday and he had to kind of blend in the starters and the reserves because of what was going on in the game. Bad play. Xavier Johnson gets in foul trouble and everything else. But I I just, I think it is a personnel problem. It's probably a combination. It's
5: a personnel problem and then getting that personnel to play together. I mean, because if you look at UConn yesterday, Andy, their five-star kid is out. He's hurt. Um, it's a bunch of real—you know, it's just kind of a bunch of full four-stars, a couple transfers. Indiana's got the starting lineup with what? Aren't all three big guys five stars? Mm-hmm. And Mbako and Ware and Malik Renew as well. And, you know, yesterday's a game for Ware. Ware, he makes two shots. They're both threes. I mean, the dude's 7-1. Like, there has got to be more of a—if we're going to play big, if we're going to be the contrarian in today's college basketball— then you've got to assert yourself at some level, and you can't end the game with zero second chance points. And I thought the stat was like UConn rebounded like over forty percent of their misses. Wow. <laughs> Man, that is a huge
4: number. I mean I mean just it was, throw it up there and well, go was, get it. It was forty four twenty two. That's what UConn does anyway, but still it's an alarming number. I have in the nine o'clock hour, I have a McKenzie and Baco opinion or question for you I want to get to as well. Just looks slow. Like,
5: I, you know, lazy might be too harsh of a word to use, but just like looks, you UConn kind of just look quicker to the ball. Like, a little bit more urgency, and again, the wake-up call comment post-game. What were the first three games if, you, you know, you're going to label yesterday a wake-up call? So we'll continue a little basketball conversation, but on the other side, it will be some Colts chatter. Joel a. Erickson from The Star, he joins us next.
6: Come
4: see what's brewing. The good times are Come see what the brewers are doing Come on and cheer a superstar Yeah, we're going to go out here to the Payless Less Liquors Hotline. Joel A. Erickson joining us from the Star. we are talking some Colts. Uh, I guess I'll talk for Kevin as well here. Uh, Joel, welcome in. Me and KB had nothing to do with that song. That is purely Mark Dykton. Uh That's purely Mark Dykton. He is evil that he stole your baseball manager in a We sport. hope you had a better bye yeah. week, Joel, <laughs> than
5: that. Apologies. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, yeah.
7: yeah. I never heard that song. All right. It hurts. It does hurt. That's the best part for Mark. It hurts a ton.
3: Well, you guys hired from within, so you got to be happy about that. Kevin was correct in his prediction. Pat Murphy, former
5: Notre Dame manager.
7: I uh, I I do love I do love Murph, but I just it's it's not going to feel good for a while.
4: You had to hire from within. You had to uh, you had to keep the culture there that, that has been set. I love how you guys are talking baseball managers in a sport where we brag about how the manager doesn't mean that much. It's all the analytics guys. Pull. It's it's the GM pulling the springs. Uh, Joel, thank you so much for joining us. Um, you know we were talking a lot about this Tampa Bay matchup on Sunday last hour. And when you look at it, some good and some bad yesterday with the Colts. The Steelers losing is a good thing. The Jets losing a good thing, uh, but. The, you know, obviously the Browns continued to be good. Buffalo won yesterday. Heck, if you look now, Denver Broncos have been pretty good in the last month or so. I guess how pleasantly surprised are you that we're sitting here Thanksgiving in the game on Sunday could mean a heck of a whole lot for the uh, Colts to stay in the thick of things here in the playoffs?
7: Yeah, I, I think I'm, I think I'm definitely pleasantly surprised. Uh, it it's funny though that the AFC. Um, you know, at one point yesterday, or, or maybe going into the weekend, I was thinking, well, you know, maybe the Colts could. The, the, everything seems to be going their way, and then it all tipped the opposite way. Um, the AFC is so deep in terms of teams, and now, you know, I looked up Denver's schedule. I, I don't, I don't necessarily think they're going to make the playoffs, but the way they've been playing, like it's, it's there for them um, if they, if they keep winning. So, like, there's. It it just seems like there's so many teams in the AFC capable of going on enough of a run that, that that's the thing we're going to be talking about. Now, the flip side of that is the Colts schedule is also very, very, very gettable and got even more gettable with the injury to Joe Burrow this last week.
5: Yeah, and then again, injuries yesterday to Tampa as well, so um, I would agree wholeheartedly with that. Again, Joel a. Erickson is with us, diehard Brewers fan as well. Very gracious to spend some time with us here on this Monday morning after how Marcus treated him here in recent weeks. Joel, how fixable do you think the passing game issues are for the Colts as they return from their bye week?
7: That's a great question, because I, I really think they come down to I really think they come down to Gardner Minshew settling down and and you know changing the clock in his head a little bit, especially coming off the last game. It, it felt like there were a lot of chances against the Patriots for the Colts to have big plays, uh, to have a better passing game than they did, and Minshew didn't didn't see them, didn't pull the trigger, um, something along those lines, and that. That's the hard part. Is it? It doesn't feel to me like this is this is Shane Steichen's doing. That there aren't. There, that there, that he doesn't have receivers running open. That kind of thing. Um, it, it feels more like there's there's plays just getting missed from the quarterback position. And you you hope that um, you know just being in the offense playing a more you know starts mincey starts to hit some of those we just haven't seen that yet and i really feel like it comes down to him like i, I think i i think i wrote this on twitter or x or whatever you want to call it at, at halftime of the last game like i think i think right now that the passing game stuff is as simple as there are throws that need to be made um and Minshew is certainly capable of making them he just hasn't been
4: why do we think here he's not making those throws is he you know is he cognizant that hey we I, you know I went through a couple games where I was turning the ball over and we could win by you know running the ball timely timely runs timely throws in our defense what do you think why do you think he's not pulling the trigger why do you think he's not playing to the back of his baseball card that's an analogy Joel that we've used around here on the show for quite a while
7: well I I kind of think he is playing a little bit to the back of his baseball card he that. Th- He's, he is, he's a backup for 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 very good reasons and some of them we're seeing on display right now in terms of missing some of the the open like not seeing some of the open receivers i thought especially the last game like i this isn't I, this isn't earth-shattering in terms of being new but he, he just didn't look comfortable in a pocket that was often clean and i think when you're thinking about the rush and moving around and all that stuff sometimes you don't uh, necessarily see stuff downfield, at least not unless you're, you know, one of the top tiers scrambling quarterbacks in the league. So that that's part of it is, and it, that's kind of been there, um, you know, this whole season. If you think back to the Baltimore game and how he handled Kyle Hamilton, um, the, the, the way he handles pressure can sometimes get him in trouble. Uh, I, I do think also that the turnover reverse part is part of it. Um because, you know, we saw them pull the trigger for a lot of yards against the Jaguars. They were just big mistakes. And I wonder if in some of these, especially in some of these games against really bad offenses like they've played the last couple of weeks, uh, I wonder if, if part of the game plan is, hey, let's let's not take any chances. The only way we can keep them in this is if we turn the ball over.
5: Kenny's okay, Joel A. E. Erickson. He's with us here, uh, courtesy of the Indianapolis Star on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Joel, I want to throw a couple of individuals at you. Over the course of the final seven games, and ask you maybe who you're most curious about seeing uh, play out the rest of the year. Um, Juju Brents, Quiddy Pay, Alec Pierce. Any of those three stand out maybe more than the other here down the stretch. Uh,
7: so, so I, I think out of those three, I want to see Quiddy Pay. Um, I, I think with Pay, uh, maybe maybe with him, like he, he's got four and a half sacks. Uh, that could. I mean, you could end up in the eight nine range pretty easily. It's not the kind of sacks that people love, um, and it doesn't necessarily mean you end up with a with a huge deal in free agency. But I want to see if he can continue that a little bit. A- Alec Pierce, I kind of feel like with Alec Pierce that where he's just he's been. It's two years now of being in offenses with quarterbacks who just don't play to his skill set. Um, you know, there, there's a couple plays from, from Germany that stick out to me where Pierce is open. He's very, very open, and the ball doesn't go his way. Because I, I don't know if it's because it's downfield. I don't know if cause it's, you're worried that a safety could get over, whatever. Um, but the ball, the ball should have gone his way and didn't. And so I think he's getting, you know, Pierce has taken a ton of criticism this year um, from a lot of different angles. I, sometimes sometimes the ball has to go his way and it doesn't and I I don't know if if what we've had here in Indianapolis at the quarterback position fits his skill set very well at all.
5: How was Germany?
7: It was it was really enjoyable uh, the 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 stadium experience the fans were it, it's really hard to describe. First of all, they were insanely loud, um, and I think they announced the attendance at fifty thousand ish. There, well, there's not an upper deck on that stadium. There's not a third deck on that stadium. But like, I was sitting next to Chris Hagen, and I had to like, I had to yell to, for him to hear me at times. And then obviously, I know everybody saw the the Sweet Caroline and the the Country Road stuff. Um, it was just it was a really fun day, like like the kind of kind of game that you. I'll probably remember for a while just because of the atmosphere. Everyone was there four hours beforehand. Uh, that's awesome. Chris, Chris and I walked out on the field, and there were two guys sitting in the stand, sitting in their seats with a beer at eleven thirty for a <laughs> three thirty local time kick. Hell yeah! Uh, it was it was wild.
4: Oh great! That's great, man. I, that's that's a trip that I uh, absolutely would Add have to loved be to be on. That's, that's great. Those
5: guys deserve some credit for knowing that they were about to watch Mac Jones and Gardner Minshew. <laughs> yeah.
7: They are yeah. getting themselves in the right state. Right. Yeah, listen,
4: those guys were going to be drinking beer together at 11 a.m. anyway. They might as well be at an NFL football game, right? I mean, it was uh, either there on the street. My house, your house, yeah. or, you know, Deutsche Bank Park. Yeah, it doesn't matter where. They are going to be drinking on uh, 11 a.m. anyway. Joel A. Erickson with us here from the Indy Star on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, any, I don't know, I mean, Zach Moss had just the one carry against the Patriots, and then you go back to the Carolina game, Jonathan Taylor, 23 touches. Is just seven for Zach Moss. Uh, do you think that's the kind of number? These are the types of numbers we're going to look at, or do you think it will be a little bit more sixty-five, thirty-five, and they just kind of game flow never got Moss the ball against the Patriots?
7: Uh, I, I do think I do think we're going to see, you know, some of the the last couple, you know. D- Divisions of workload where where Taylor gets a lot until until they really figure out how to get teams out of these fronts they've been playing against because you're you're just they're hammering Taylor into these fronts because they're hoping that he can he can make something out of nothing and he has a little bit um, but the other thing is it ends up keeping carries down it ends up keeping carries and touches for the running back down when you're running into these super heavy fronts and they, it, when when the carries end up being around twenty or whatever. They're they just play. It seems like they're just playing the percentages of Taylor's got a chance to hit one of these. Obviously, Moss has been banged up, so maybe that changes when he gets healthy. If you could get back to a game where either they figure out how to run against the front, or the opposing team is not playing um, the way that some of these teams have been doing. Although I don't, I don't know why any defense wouldn't borrow that game plan until it stops working. Um, then, I think, then I think maybe you see more 65 35 if you're getting into the 30 35 carry range for a game. I, I just, until, until the offense shows that it can handle this, it's been two pretty bad defenses that have done it to them. Until the offense shows it can handle and, and find ways against this, it's probably going to be a lot of Taylor just because the, the way teams are playing makes it harder to run at all.
5: Joel, last one for me. Um, I want to go down the Shaquille Leonard path here for just a second. I, I think we all can agree that he's not giving you the, the $20 million return on investment. I Frankly, I think there's per, probably little debate on that end. Um, putting that to the side, do you think it's a relevant question internally of Gus Bradley, Shane Sykin, Richard Smith, position coach, et cetera, et cetera, of them saying, guys, do we need to bench him? Like, do we need to – has it reached a point to where – and I don't know, maybe it's not an outright benching, but do you think that isn't a question internally of, hey, EJ Speed deserves to now take the 70% snap count that Shaq has been getting, and Shaq needs to be getting the whatever, 25 or 30%? That's
7: a good question. Um, I, I think I think it's probably – I do think that they're probably discussing this every week and I think the last time we talked to Gus Bradley um about this he kind of he didn't say it quite you know like that but he did kind of say that they're 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 wrestling with this all the time you know because we were asking about some of of Shaq's comments about how much you how much he wants to play more and and I think you know the thing everyone took away from that was Bradley saying like I I get it that's that's what I want all my players to feel like that Um, it's our job to figure it out. But there was also some piece of that where there was also a piece of that answer where he was saying EJ Speed deserves to play, and we have to find ways to get him on the field. And so I think that they've been – I do think they've been wrestling with this now um, really all season in terms of how much, how little, uh, you know – uh, it hasn't flipped yet, but there have been games where like, Shaq's gotten 55% or it's gotten lower. Um, I, I do think that it's something the defensive staff is wrestling with um, pretty intently.
5: And, and I guess I, I asked that, sorry to interrupt, Andy, but I, I asked that because last year we did see like large chunks of the season where it would be Zaire Franklin and Bobby O'Karake you know, out on the field for virtually every snap of the entire game. Like, There, there has been moments where, even under Bradley, Iberflus for sure. Even under Bradley, they've said no, no, no. Two linebackers, they can play pretty much every snap.
7: Yeah, and and this the way the way this defense is playing, they they kind of are are, are doing that a little bit right now. Anyway, you know, I, I it's it's been interesting. Um, speed, obviously, it, it just it he's, he's made he made more splash plays. Um, it, it does feel like that like, you could go that way. I, I don't it, it's hard to predict what they'll do um, but it does it does feel like you could you could see start to see more of a shift um, than we've seen in the past.
4: Joel A. Erickson joining us here from the Star on the Pay Less Liquors Hotline. I want to get your thoughts just quickly here, Joel, if you don't mind, on the game on Sunday. Now, we still need to know, clear up some injury stuff with both teams, with both Tampa Bay uh, and the Colts here, but you know, ESPN's predictor gives the Colts about a 55% chance of winning this. An early spread has Indianapolis favored by two. This is a Tampa team that knows they're not in the playoffs. This is a, an injured Tampa team, a team that is off six of their last eight games, Joel. And no doubt the Colts are playing for everything to stay in the hunt. What do you make? I know it's only Monday, but what do you make of Sunday's game against Tampa Bay?
7: Well, so from a from a, a game plan uh, standpoint, Todd Bowles does he, – he likes to take away the run and he's usually pretty good at it. So I, I think you're going to see um, – I think you're probably going to see another uh, – another another version of that 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 heavy front dare them to pass uh that we've been seeing from teams and you know the the buccaneers so one of the things i've been i've been wondering about is you know the colts if juju brents is back uh you know hopefully he's back it probably it probably shores this up a little bit but if you if you have a A team with better receivers. Carolina and New England's receiving cores, Mm -hmm. as currently assembled, are are very, very bad. Um, I'm not entirely sure on on Tampa's injuries, but they should be better than that. And and you know Baker Mayfield's been capable at times this year. Is is this is this a passing attack that can maybe stress this defense and secondary more than we've seen uh, from the last two weeks? Because that's one of the things that's. That's one of the things that's maybe gotten overlooked a little bit is they they went up against back to back teams. I mean, considering the Patriots' injuries at wide receiver in that game, and Carolina's just overall issues there at the position, those might have been the two worst wide receiving cores back to back, by like in the lead to face the Colts' secondary. So that's another piece to this I want to see. Tampa Bay is not good, um, but neither is neither is New England, and New England very much could have won that game if. If Mac Jones could have made one throw uh, in the red zone, there in the fourth quarter.
4: Yeah, this is not Juju Smith Schuster. No offense to him or <laughs> all the other guys. Uh, basically, everyone other than Adam Thielen the last uh, the last couple weeks for the Colts. I mean, I mean, this is go- Mike Evans has seven touchdowns on the season.
7: Yeah, and and you know the Patriots had just the Patriots. It was worse for the Patriots because they they kind of just lost Kendrick Bourne. Like within a couple of weeks, and he was their by far number one wide receiver. Um, it, it was two really, really bad passing attacks. I think. I think this one is a little more capable. I'm not saying Baker Mayfield's great. I think this one's a little more capable. And we've seen before this season where this this defense has struggled sometimes, or, or made passing attacks that were struggling look better than they are. I, I'm I'm very curious to see if, if the, the past defense has has turned a corner. Or if, or if maybe they were taking advantage of some bad, some bad passing attacks the last couple of weeks.
5: Joel, I love a good kicker celebration, and your guy from <laughs> Missouri had one on Saturday. Yes, he did. I love that.
7: <laughs> he he. Uh, so I a couple of thoughts on that game. Number one, just very kind of Florida to let Luther Burden, who's by far Missouri's best player, uh, run all by himself past the first down marker. That's just very kind of them. Uh, and then and then Mevis, So. I've had to forgive me this this season because last year he missed a game winner against Auburn, and KB knows this. Oh, yeah. For listeners, my wife wife is an Auburn grad. Oh, no. And –
5: yeah, and you and thought saw, he was down
4: I about we, about the Milwaukee oh Brewers and Craig God. Council.
5: You should have seen him. Or Joel,
4: man. I feel bad every time. Uh-huh. We, every time we're talking about your teams, Joel, it's something uh, you know survive. It's like sadness around it. What's going on?
7: Well, hey, <laughs> hey there is. But it's, it's the Missouri. Missouri's nine and two. How about like, that? That's a, that's a good. That's a good season. That's oh, a Missouri. great year. It's a they're, good season for Missouri.
5: They're yeah. ranked ninth in the nation. Yeah. And their kickers doing the yeah. Gator Chomp after the game winning field goal.
4: And that was a love game, that. that was a game they could have lost. Like that was the game sure. where you ruined your season on Saturday, but you didn't. You survived.
7: Oh, uh, the the Mizzou the Mizzou alum chat that, that I have that I that, that watches games and stuff, we, we you would not believe how much we were expecting everything to go badly. So the fact that it didn't <laughs> the fact that they ended up winning was was pretty fun. You know, it's it's there's there's an element of avoiding the embarrassment of losing to 5-5 five and five Florida that's also still good, even if it's not like beating Georgia or something like that.
5: And the interview comes full circle from Brewers fandom to Tiger fandom <laughs> to end it. Uh, Joel, welcome back from the bye week. Hope you did get a little bit of rest, uh, a little bit of time away, and uh, we'll see you out at the Colts Complex later this week. Yeah, we'll see you. Joel A. Erickson, right there from the Indianapolis Star. Andy Sweeney, Uh this is obviously like rivalry week in college football. oh, Oh, yeah. What is your favorite, like, Rivalry game of like oh we always watch the Egg Bowl on Thursday night nope. or you know the, the college
4: football is easy
5: the Civil War out in Oregon Oregon State when it's in sideways and it's thirty two degrees where where are you going for I mean obviously Michigan Ohio State well, yeah itself, I
4: mean that the reason I love that one that one's at noon so you don't have to wait around all day usually that one's at noon and then if you can you can funnel that into Iron and, Bowl at no, three it, thirty it's it's a hundred percent the Iron Bowl it's okay. it's Alabama Auburn which by the way is going to be the New Mexico State. <laughs> wait, by how much? They got blown out by New Mexico State. Like, I watched part of that game. New Mexico State dominated that game. That wasn't a fluke where, you know, you throw a ball deep or something and there's a pass interference and you get bailed out and your kicker hits a 55-yard field goal for the win. Like, they pushed Auburn around. So Alabama is going to blow Auburn out. But I would say those would be the those would be the two big ones, right? I mean, you have to go to those two, right? Where else are you going to go? This from Michael. Uh, you didn't ask Joel about
5: Jackson State beating Missouri last night in basketball. <laughs> Three yeah. and two. Well, I thought about bringing it up. We didn't want to. We, we didn't want Joel to we, drive his car into yeah. a ditch in this Monday we've morning. We yeah. clubbed
4: him over the head uh, quite a bit. I mean, Auburn, Alabama is obviously a big one. Uh, Arizona, Arizona State's not, but Arizona's trying to make the you know the Pac-12 championship. How, mean, how about game Oregon, there. Oregon State? No, I mean that's. a huge I mean, huge Oregon one. is lurking, right? It, whoever slips up, Oregon sure. is, is well. The, I mean, Florida State's out. I hate to say it because so, of the injury. It, oh yeah, yeah.
5: Well, they're acting like this is not like that part of the committee says the injury is not going to matter. Yeah. Do, do, do you say that because they're going to lose to
4: Louisville? No, I say that because I say that because Florida State very well without Jordan Travis. Now, I, I got to be honest. I, Mike Norvell is a good is a good coach, and they could beat Florida. Now that game is in Gainesville. Florida's trying to make a bowl game. Billy Knapp's probably trying to keep his job there. In fact, you know, Florida, I would say he is trying to keep his job there. They could draw something up. I could see them beating Florida, but, I mean, you don't have them beating Florida and Louisville and not having Jordan Travis and getting more respect than a Washington or an Oregon or an Alabama. Do you? Florida State without Jordan Travis is not going to get the benefit of the doubt against Alabama. I guess they're are, just not. Are we to the point
5: where the loser of Ohio State-Michigan on Saturday is in, no no questions asked? The
4: loser? Right. Because that's what we had last year. I, I Listen, I, I know. H- how much do you... you... know. Okay, so here here's the some scenario. Some people out
5: there are like, if you literally look at Michigan's resume, if you just... T- if Sure, they could take a loss without Harbaugh and still get in. Well, but Michigan's resume stinks. Okay. Isn't there only a ranked win? Don't they only have one ranked win? Like, if you compared Michigan's resume to Washington's resume. Penn State. Washington is filled with, what, four or five ranked wins? sure. Sure. And Michigan's
4: got one? Well, I I think, okay, so the Big Ten... And Ohio State, of course, has got Notre Dame in the non-conference. The Big Ten will be interesting, as will if Alabama could ever beat georgia in the sec title game now we're a week ahead of ourselves that's but not if, the georgia i saw on well Saturday. listen i'm with you which we need to get to here uh in the nine o'clock hour or after kyle but i if you look at it if we if if, if alabama beat georgia there's no one that's going to drop georgia Georgia would still be, in my estimation, a top-four team. The SEC, then, would get two teams in. To me, that's the question to all of this. Can Alabama beat Georgia? Because if Alabama ends up occupying two college football playoff uh, spots... The Big Ten's going to get one, right? Let's not even argue who it is between Ohio State and Michigan. The Big Ten will get one, and then that would be that fourth team, and that would basically eliminate the dreams of teams like Joel's Missouri Tigers. Louisville would be be obviously... Uh, eliminated there, and then it would be could someone from the Pac-12. To me, it'd be the Pac-12 should have a representate. Uh, should have representation. the got undefeated Washington. You still yeah. got
5: Oregon with one loss.
4: But I, to me, to me, it's about the SEC, and I hate saying that. Even though the SEC's been down, because what Alabama's won nine straight games. You know, if Alabama beats Georgia, they're in. That they, they are going to be in. Now the question would be, I, I believe if Alabama lost a close game to Georgia, they would be they would be right out, and they would play like. Louisville in the Orange Bowl. That, that would be my guess. Uh, but, you know, they would have people campaigning for them if they lost 30-27 to 27 on a game-winning field goal to to Georgia, who hasn't lost a game in three seasons. Sadly, we have not
5: had a lot of college football chaos in recent weeks. You know, typically we get a little bit of that in early to mid-November, but still a couple hurdles to clear before we get to the Final Four here. And mercifully, this is the last of the Final Four years so these debates. I guess they'll just extend to the, who's going to make the Top 12? <laughs> uh, instead and of? the Mentioned Texas.
4: We didn't mention Texas. Yeah, they, at all. they are lurking you know, they're as just, well, and they're just sitting there at seven. Uh, we're going to talk some state finals coming up. Kyle Menrip
5: obviously does an outstanding, outstanding job covering uh, high school sports here for us locally. He's going to join us in a few as we get to the Final Twelve over there at Lucas Oil Stadium coming up Friday and Saturday. Before that, it was a busy sports weekend. it's a busy day of sports here locally. Let's cover it all in the morning checkdown.
4: Yeah, let's start with the Pacers. Really the first disappointing game, I think, for the Pacers, especially losing at Cambridge, especially with Halliburton playing. 128-116, your final. Orlando with the win last night. Rick Carlisle less than thrilled about the loss. Didn't compete well enough to start. Uh, Really didn't
1: compete well enough at all throughout the first half. Much better than the second half, but when you get down by that many points, it's
4: it's just... uh, It's going to be tough. And And obviously now they look to bounce back Tuesday, tomorrow night in Atlanta. That one, a 7.30 tip-off in Hotland. The ATL is the kids calling. (laughs) They
5: were down 34 at halftime. Tyrese Halbern, for the first time in over a year, had more turnovers than assists in a game. I think the Pacers have earned benefit of the doubt, but... I think we can also sit here and say that was pretty embarrassing out of them last night. Uh, let's keep it on the hardwood here for just a second. College basketball-wise, yesterday in Madison Square Garden, Indiana outclassed by UConn. That was a 20-point victory for the Huskies. They, as expected, you know, certainly uh, didn't allow Indiana to do anything from the perimeter. They also beat up Indiana inside, uh, dominated second-chance points in that one. So now... IU takes on Louisville today. That is a four thirty tip from Madison Square Garden. And this is like a borderline must win on November twentieth for IU because Louisville, despite giving Texas all they could handle yesterday, they should have beat Texas.
4: Uh, they've already lost to was it Chattanooga? Was that their loss earlier yeah, I, this year? I, I believe so. Yeah, they lost they lost to uh, Kentucky Wrestling, but that was an exhibition game. <laughs>
5: they have not <laughs> won a game. <laughs> <laughs> away from home in the Kenny Payne
4: era there. Uh, I think I saw Indiana favored by seven. Yeah, that sounds about right. I, I'm nervous about this game. If, if if Louisville plays the way they did last night, I, I mean, and Indiana does, and Xavier Johnson's a no-show, and the bench is a no-show, and Mackenzie Mbako and looks lost, I, I mean, Indiana could lo- could very well lose this game. Calling Mbako looking lost might be a compliment right now. Okay, so my theory on him... Is I mean he need you know DeCoursy told us he needs to play in the post more he did in college but you can't play him in the post at IU. <laughs> I mean you can't right because you're taking ma- man, renew yeah, or away well, off the there's, floor. There's too many guys and when he got recruited it was I'm gonna be a wing okay go be a wing okay two points. Are you saying it? That's how I feel.
3: It's you know you're saying he's going he's lost is being generous because that assumes that he'll find it at some point is that what you're saying?
4: Uh Well, I, I,
5: I, I'm i saying the effort that I've seen or the lethargic nature that I've seen from him so far four games into the season is an understatement. It's not a good look. Yeah. No, not a good look at all. Uh, Purdue-Gonzaga, Purdue favored by five and a half. The loaded Maui field underway. Purdue will then play Tennessee or Syracuse tomorrow.
4: Yeah, these games, Purdue-Gonzaga, you have Tennessee, Syracuse, UConn, Texas, uh, Kansas in action, they'll beat Chaminade, and obviously UCLA and Marquette. Just quickly, games that matter to us in the NFL. Well, Browns 13-10 over the Steelers yesterday. Uh, Dolphins over the Raiders 2013. Raiders moved to 5-6. That was good for the Colts as well. Texans winners 21-16. Not good uh, for the Colts. Uh, Bills winners 32-6. The Jets finally bench your boy Zach Wilson. My boy. <laughs> who they bring in? Was it Coyle? Boyle. 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 Is Not Mark Tim- Boyle. His nephew, Tim. <laughs> Tim Boyle. Is that yeah. who it was? So. Yeah, that's who they Busy brought in Busy week in there. and then a big one tonight, obviously, in the NFL. Eagles, Chiefs, I'll take the Eagles.
5: Two and a half. You're I'll getting take on the it. road I'll there. Take uh, the bucket game coming up noon on Saturday. I know we're all thrilled about that one. Couple three and eight teams. Purdue, a slight favorite. I think I'll take Indiana. In that Is one. Is it a Manningcast game tonight? Oh my gosh, I thought for a second you, uh, you <laughs> meant the bucket game. No. <laughs> Well, you break this down for yeah. me. Peyton, hand me those knives over there. I can just put those into my eyeballs Pay- here. Peyton would be so
4: offended by the quarterback play in some of these college games. Oh, my gosh. That, He'd be he's so offended by so NFL offended. quarterback yeah, play. Yeah, so offended.
5: Uh, Kyle Nenrup, speaking of quarterback play, state finals.
4: No one does it better than Kyle. He joins us next. Busy Thanksgiving week. Take us wherever you may go. Download the free app. Check us out. 1075TheFan.com. You can take the fan anywhere in the world on this busy, busy Thanksgiving week. KB, you got big plans? You in, are you an you nothing stay in re- towner? Yeah, nothing okay. really.
5: In town, watch some football, eat a whole lot. Boy, the gut is really getting big, so I don't know. Boy, yeah, you're just you're a mammoth man over there. Look I- at you. Disgusting. I- I we're, we're gonna prepare this over the next seventy-two <laughs> hours.
4: Oh, there we go we go uh no it's gonna be a fun week it's always uh, a great week of football and basketball and obviously uh just down the road from us here at lucas oil all the state championship games you'll be able to hear them right here friday saturday on the fan kyle Needin joins us here uh from the star following all the th- all the happenings in college football kyle we have not met uh you know in person but always good to meet over the phone how are you this morning
0: doing well doing well looking forward to a busy week of football and uh start of basketball so we're we're at the the uh the access point here no it's going to be absolutely Kyle's so
5: crazy i bet he's going to a basketball game wednesday night aren't you kyle
0: i think tuesday night i'm not sure on my wednesday plan depends on how much football i get done uh be preview stuff well i knew it who are you gonna
4: see on tuesday i knew it who are you gonna go see on tuesday
0: Man, that's a day away. I don't even know yet. <laughs> uh...
4: You'll decide the morning of. You're li- boy. You're living yeah, a, a dangerous man. life. We used uh, to get what? Yeah. What was
5: the Wednesday night game? We used to always get was it Pike LN or Pike it, something? We used to always get on that first Wednesday.
0: The best, the best uh, I covered was Pike North Central. Used to be. Got it. Uh, that's what it was know, that, the Wednesday? You know those those were can't miss. You know you knew where you were going to be. I've actually gone down to Bar Reed, Washington on Wednesday night before Thanksgiving too. That's man. That's a that's a great atmosphere especially when those teams are really good which they normally are but uh but yeah pike north central was always like you could barely get in the door type of game
4: kyle Rip joins us here on the Payless Lickers liquors hotline kyle let's start here ben davis center grove <laughs> semi-state just set Man. just set the scene what a game and obviously ben davis moving on it didn't look like that was going to be the case just set the scene on what you were able to witness out there on friday night
0: yeah i mean it was fantastic it was uh you know everything you'd want from a from a championship type of game and you know center grove was down 28 to 10 you know ben davis had a a 21 point run there in the third quarter which started with a andrew evans interception he almost ran it all the way back for a touchdown if you remember you know, chris evans his older brother uh also wore number 12 now he's now at the bengals but it's so reminiscent to me, like sitting there nine years earlier watching Chris run the a, a, a game-winning touchdown. They beat Senator 49-45 that year, but he ran a 74-yard touchdown to basically win the game. And, and uh, to see Andrew down the same sideline, he didn't score. He got to the 11, but uh, it was just so... Uh, Kind of just you know cool moment, but uh, but yeah. So part of that was them taking the lead, and then Center Grove came back. You know, kind of knew they would. They got a big long pass from Tyler Cherry to cut it to eleven, and then you know just kept kept you know working, got ahead. You know Noah Noah Coy had a had a touchdown catch, and then you know Ben Davis came right back at him with three minutes left, and and down by three, and all the momentum on Center Grove's side, and. You know, Mark Zachary caught a long pass from Thomas Gotkowski to kind of put him in position, and then uh, Ben Davis hits a field goal to to send it into overtime, and then wins it in overtime on a on a nice pass to Nate Williams from Thomas Gotkowski, and and uh, you know that did it. But you know, it just it was a very fitting you know end, I guess, to Center Grove's run here because you know they did come back, they did take the lead, and then someone had to take it from them, and Ben Davis did so. You know, if that's the way you know the reign ends, and I'm not saying they're done winning titles or by any means, but you know, if this this era, you know, if that ends, that was a very fitting way for it to end because Ben Davis certainly tested and talented and capable, and uh, they had to go take it from Center Grove, and, and it was a uh, it was a fantastic game and just a you know very very uh, quality atmosphere, definitely Friday night,
5: Kyle. But part of this probably has to do with how just the state is mapped out. In 6A, you know, the, the the South rep in the 6A state finals always has some sort of run that stands out to you, and they've probably been tested at multiple points. But this Ben Davis run in particular, for some reason, just really stands out. Whether you want to go back to the Brownsburg game, the Cathedral game, obviously the semi-state game, does this one, you know, have that same sort of feel? I mean, you'd be the perfect person to ask, but to me, just looking at it a little bit from afar, it, it has that sort of feel in just the gauntlet they've had to go through.
0: Yeah, they have great leadership. I mean, you know, you, you talk to their, you know, all three of their linebackers. You know, including Andrew Evans, but Nylon Brown is a uh, about as good of a leader as you could possibly uh, want. And he's he came back from injury. He he's been out since the the IMG Academy game and played uh, in the starting in the you know right towards the end of the season. Came back and and big lift for that team. If if he's not playing against Brownsburg, they don't win that game. Uh, but yeah, it's been you know I talk about that 2014 Ben Davis team. This team is uh, kind of similar in the in the style of uh, ways they're winning. You know, that Ben Davis team won a lot of late uh, come late comebacks, and you know had to uh, you know pull some things out of the fire, and then ended up winning state. Again, coming back against Carmel in the in the state game, but uh, so this is this is a similar type of run. You know, they had to you know down by 18 to Brownsburg in the fourth quarter, come back and win. You know, they had a had a battle on their hands with Cathedral just last week. You know, in the in the regional, had to hit a 40 yard field goal, and, and Ben Rudolph you know split the uprights with about three minutes left, and then and then Cathedral came back and had they were throwing the ball in the end zone right at the end to, to almost beat them. So. You know they've had to you know really dig in here and then and then to beat the defending champs the three-time champs on you know, the last minute drive you know so just to tie it up you know so very yeah very impressive uh, way they've done it uh, I mean I, I don't think you'd want it to necessarily want it this way uh, just because it's a, it's a heart-wrenching you know or, you know it's, it's just hard to win like that all the time but uh, uh, but yeah it's it's they're definitely very good leadership. Very, um, you know, very talented. Obviously, you don't get here without being really talented. But you know that that leadership on that team, I think, is is uh, is very you know palpable. It's very you know easy to see when you when you cover them and and you understand kind of you know why they believe they can get it done. And you know it's it's. Uh, they'll be playing a different team this weekend in Crown Point who there's no history there so you don't you don't know how those teams match up necessarily but you know it's, it's hard to do based on the run Ben Davis has had so far hard to pick against them this weekend again he
5: has Kyle Rip just outstanding cover what what year is this Kyle it's got to be over 12 for you
0: Yeah, I think this is 16th.
5: 16th year for Kyle up here. Uh, Beyond grateful to have him uh, covering preps for us from a local standpoint. Obviously, read his work at the Indianapolis Star. It'll be the odd classes Friday, even on uh, Friday. Odd classes, even on Saturday. Um, You mentioned Crown Point right there. Outside of our kind of local market, and I know you're probably just kind of getting into some of this early in the week, but what is maybe the the big story that you're paying attention to from a, a non-local team coming down to play at Lucas Oil this weekend?
0: I mean, you have to say East Central, you know, in, in their run, I mean, I would be curious to see how they would match up with the top 6A teams. Uh, East Central, if people don't know, you know, they're the defending champs, they're playing 4A, um, they're number one all year. They they their running back, Josh Ringer, might be Mr. Football this year. He's very highly in the discussion, uh, certainly. Um, you know, and they, they just, you know, they, they took it to New 49 nothing last week. That just that doesn't happen, you know, ever. <laughs> so, you know, they're, they're legit. I mean, they beat Cincinnati Molar uh, earlier this year. Um, and they play a Northwood team, you know, a night to a tuggle for a Northwood is a, a Georgia commit. two minutes. So, three o'clock. Uh, Saturday, I believe that game is that, that will be an interesting game. Uh, East Central's definitely the favorite, but you know, Northwood's got some got some guys too, and they, they're doing the uh, media day today. So I'm curious to ask and, and kind of find out more about these players from outside the area. But uh, but yeah, Northwood's a team that's been there. You know, they've been to Lucas Oil before. They're a traditional strong program in the north you know, how they match up with the central. I think that's an interesting game before that'll lead into the Crown Point Ben Davis game um, on uh, Saturday afternoon. So that one, that one stands out to me. And then certainly you know east central is a team that uh you know we kind of expected them to be here so not a surprise but uh but can they finish off this run that they've had and then does that lead to uh to ring or win mr football i think is 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 a question um that could be decided uh, to me like the, you know the decatur central snyder game uh that'll be friday night uh you know, that Snyder's very talented. They beat Warren earlier this year. Decatur, you know, plays a great schedule. Uh, they've won nine in a row. You know, I think that will be a really good game. And 5 8 to me has been really the most interesting class all year just because of the, you know, it's been so wide open. You know, you you, you can't really pick a favorite in that class. So I think that, that could be maybe the best game of the, of the weekend, uh, potentially. And then you yeah. have some other, you know, Chittard. you know, you talk about uh, East Central and. Uh, their run, but then you know Sittard and Lutheran locally have been really strong in their classes all year. Sittard beat Cathedral earlier this year, and they're 14-0. and You know, they're playing Heritage Hills in the 3A game, and Lutheran, it's, Lutheran's in the third year in a row they're playing Adam Central in the championship. And Adam Central, you know, honestly has played them really close, uh, or played them tough anyway, the last couple of years. So, you know, we'll see if they can get over the hump. Uh, you know, and, and, and very familiar opponents, obviously there. So, but yeah, there's a lot of you know, there's um, you know, a lot of interesting storylines I think to these games, and you know, we'll see how it all shakes out. But, uh, but yeah, I mean. To me, Lutheran, Sattard, and East Central have kind of been big favorites in their classes all year. I'm curious if the other teams matching up with them uh, give them a good game.
4: Cal, you mentioned Mr. Football in the state of Indiana. How up in the air is it,
0: really? That's a great question. It's, you know, how the IFCA does it. They, you know, there's a Mr. Football position winner for each position, and then those, and how they do it now, those winners are basically. Uh, the, uh, you know, who you vote for for the big awards. So you only have, you know, basically you have one quarterback, one running back, you know, one receiver. Those will be great battles, you know, to see uh, who comes out and wins those uh, this, the individual awards and then, you know, how it, how it shakes out with the voting for the actual, the big award. Um, you know, I, I think it's, you know, to me, like Ringer, what he's done here these last, uh, you know, these last several games, really this whole season, you know, and then kind of what he had already done leading into the season, sometimes that kind of creates some separation for you even before we get to this point. So, you know, I, I, I would say, you know, to me, you know, he, he looks like a guy who could win it, you know, Ben Davis kind of, you know, you, you always think of the 6A team as having a guy, and, and Thomas Gatkowski, you know, he just got named the uh, Marion County Player of the Year, the quarterback for Ben Davis. And I think, you know, it depends on who they pick for quarterback. You know, Tyler Cherry from Center Grove certainly had a great year, but they didn't get there this year. So I don't know if that will play a factor or not. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, and then the receiver, there are a ton of really good receivers this year. Um, you know, so, so that'll, you know, that'll depend who, and and Tuggle, I mentioned him who's going to Georgia from Northwood. I wonder if he, you know, being on this stage in the the championship game, he's got really good statistics. So, you know, I don't know if that'll put him over the top for receiver. So just thinking about some of that, you know, how that, how that shakes out will obviously shape the, uh, you know, the, the position award winners will help shape the big winner. So, uh you know we'll see i to me i think ringer i i just keep going back to him i mean he just seems like he's got the the resume and if they went through in a row to to close out his career that i that i think will uh make it pretty hard uh, uh you know for anybody to uh, to doubt him um uh, that he that, he's, that he'd be he'd be a good winner.
5: Okay, our coverage, 11 a.m. coming up Friday and Saturday. The odd classes on Friday, even on Saturday. Our airwaves will have all six games from over at Lucas Oil and the state finals coverage, and certainly for the Apple Star, no one, no one does it better. Year 16 for Kyle Rip on the local beat here from a preps standpoint. Kyle, always enjoy your work, man. I uh, hope to run into you soon, and uh, thanks for the time on this Monday morning.
0: You bet, guys. Enjoy the games, and
5: thanks for having me on. That's a great then, right there on the Payless Liquors hotline. Uh, how about that? We got a kid going to Georgia in the 4 A state final game uh, from Northwood. Uh, saw a couple highlights of him. Not the biggest whiteout, um, but yeah, you don't see that very often. The state of Indiana producing an SEC whiteout, let alone Georgia, and having just been at the Georgia-Tennessee game, uh, I'm going to say uh, <laughs> that... The, that dude's probably got a chance to be a pretty good football player.
4: Uh, I, I would say, you know, they, well, they did say during the broadcast this is the best group of Georgia wide receivers they think they've had from top to bottom right really? now. That's Kirby, funny because you don't hear like the big,
5: uh, you know, marquee NFL prospect, sure. obviously Brock Bowers, but you don't hear that about the Whiteout group.
4: But they're pretty damn good. They'll never ask take t- away Tennessee. They'll never take away the first play of the game from Tennessee. <laughs> Let's get into that on the other side of the break. Right? Is that okay? Hell yeah! even an a o'clock hour. We need to dive into your SEC Saturday. We're all kind of living through you. It was a hell bashing of a day. Dolly uh, Dolly Parton as well.
5: Yeah, Dolly's lost yeah, her fastball.
4: Yeah, no doubt. There's no doubt.
5: Mark, Mark is just uh, just uh, thinks it's blasphemy um, that I'm no, saying it's that yeah. same. It. You the want me to lie and, and, and <laughs> say she sounds
4: great?
3: I saw the comments in the chat, and I said, Kevin, you've you know, got to
4: be a realist. Pump the brakes a little bit. Uh, don't worry about the chat. The chat be will be careful. fine. KB's got to say what he's got to say. Uh, all right, coming up, we'll
5: do a little bit of that. We'll, again, hit a busy day on the hardwood here locally with Indiana and Purdue, both playing happy hour games, if you mm-hmm. will. And I guess if you're watching Indiana, that probably means you should drink a little bit more uh, and obviously look back on last night an Ugly One. For the Pacers against the Magic. Thanks for spending this Monday morning with us. It is the wake up call of KB and Andy right here on 93.5 107.5. The fan.
4: Reminder, Indiana basketball in action tonight, 3.30. You can catch that over on IBC on the TV side watching that. And obviously Purdue in action as well. In a man who was in action this weekend, Kevin Bowen, had a big <laughs> SEC weekend. Uh, how was Knoxville? I guess what, Friday night into Saturday? Yeah. What did yeah, you guys yeah, yeah. do? Did you have uh, a good time? We, we had a wonderful time.
5: Uh, Knoxville treated us well. Um, obviously, the game did not go very well for the Volunteers. Some fire hypele chants, I think, uh, oh, were, were, were warranted no. at one point there. Uh, maybe higher urban <laughs> fire maybe.
4: fire hypo. He maybe. beat Alabama
5: last year. Um, Stormed the field last. You season. know, honestly, Neyland Stadium. Have you ever been? I have. Yes. So Neyland to me was very reminiscent, a little bit of like IMS. Oh, okay. You know, this is kind of like our, um, you know, certainly some updates probably needed. There were some times getting to the old seats. I'm thinking, boy, if I was claustrophobic, I'm not sure I'd be making out of this thing uh, in one piece here. Uh, And as I said earlier, Dolly Parton coming out at the end of the first quarter, (laughs) you know, you would have thought, I mean, I, I felt like Princess Diana was walking out. Just with how the place absolutely erupted, and then she got on the mic, and I felt like I was watching Lee Corso on game day.
4: Oh my goodness, you went with Jim Ursay in hour number one, and now you're going with Lee Corso. This is a blasphemous thing. I, it, you know, I hope this doesn't get picked up, Mark, by like awful <laughs> announcing or something.
5: There goes yeah. any chance I had of Adam being yeah. invited back the, to an SEC the, game. These
4: people in Knoxville and Memphis and Nashville, they're not going to like what they're hearing. Although you're probably right, no, no, it, Knoxville, it, Knoxville sports radio. This pretty boy <laughs> from the NBA is talking slander about <laughs> our queen. Go back. You talk about Gardner Minshew. <laughs> Why don't you? It, it was awesome. though. I mean, just the
5: whole atmosphere, the experience. It, it is different. I mean, I remember the Alabama Georgia national title game here, and even that, you know, sure. being a neutral site game, uh, it is different. Um, so we had an absolute blast. Certainly, the stadium speaks for itself from a size standpoint. Again, it is an old stadium. I mean, it's and I do kind of like how it's right in the heart of campus. Oh you
4: yeah, know, it's, you know, right. it's it, right
5: there. It's right there. You got the river on the other side of it. Um, so yeah, we yeah. had a. Uh, We
4: had a great time. Mark and I knew you were drunk when you were tweeting about... Tiger Woods winning multiple oh, I majors. Would say that sober. I'm saying that here at 8:50. <laughs> no, what is it? 8:57. Yeah. Tiger will win
5: two
3: majors no, stop next
4: year. But you don't
5: mean that. The fact that
3: that's top of mind at that, that point, I was like, okay,
4: yeah. What do you mean? Well, Tiger's always top of mind. Yeah, he Hammered. loves Ty- he loves Tiger Woods. He does. Yeah. Hell yeah! Mm.
3: Right after he yells at his in laws about you know <laughs> his picks about the.
5: I mean, your uh, in laws ruin your Eliminator League.
4: Well, I hate to say it, but they Peyton did. Manning
5: in the building. Uh, did you see that? He looked great. He looked fantastic. He was helping Dolly out. He was. So that was a pretty iconic. Iconic moment, then, I'm sure, for Newland Stadium. And Georgia
4: scored 24 straight. They points. will never take away the first play of the game. <laughs> oh, that place had to be loud. They you know that that earthquake was felt in yeah. Billings, Montana. Yeah. Good for you. It's with a good that. Saturday.
5: Georgia's incredible.
4: 55 degrees. No oh, SEC Crisp. football. Just I mean, who had it better than you on Saturday? And the that's it, right? Nobody. For yeah. the SEC on CBS? Uh, is that it? Yeah. Well, it went out with a bang.
5: Yeah, quite the Georgia statement there. Twenty is it 27 straight SEC wins for the Georgia lost Bulldogs? Man,
4: years, man. It is absurd. All right,
5: a little basketball chatter coming up, 9 o'clock hour.
4: Yeah, hanging out drivehuber the drivehuber.com studio. It's the wake-up call, KB and Andy. Mark Deiton hanging out with you. Another hour to go. You miss anything, any of the podcasts, go ahead and check it out. 1075thefan.com. A busy, busy week. I, I think this is just one of those... Great weeks, especially, uh, and I hate to say this, I know many people are working long hours. People around here are the fan, working long hours uh, with a lot of broadcasts going on. But man, if you have a couple days off, enjoy the family, all the college basketball, college football, IU, Purdue uh, happening. And then obviously, NFL. We have an NFL game tonight. What? Thursday? Friday? Uh, Black Friday now is an NFL day. Well, I was of course, you knew they were going to do that Sunday and then Monday Again, KB, we are in the, I mean, it's just the best. You go just local or national, okay? Oh. So
5: let's just go local today. You got Indiana-Purdue, happy hour matinee games, Indiana 430 Louisville. That's that's probably the heavily drink game uh, if you're an IU fan. <laughs> Purdue-Gonzaga at five. Again, that starts Maui. Then, obviously, you mentioned the Monday night, probably the game of the year in the NFL with Eagles-Chiefs. Tomorrow, we'll get another Maui game for the Boilers. Right. We'll get the Pacers in that playoff. In-season tournament, you win, you clinch your spot. How do they bounce back from such an embarrassing yeah. performance Plus, yesterday? they just need to be
4: better than they sure. were yesterday. Right, right. Yeah. And Atlanta's a team that, again, when you talk about teams in the middle of the Eastern Conference, Atlanta, you would imagine, would sure. be one of those teams. And then Wednesday night,
5: Pacers back at home. Purdue's got one more, Maui-wise. Uh, Notre Dame, Maryland, Eastern Shore, by the way, Wednesday night. For those I know, very curious about when the Irish play again. Well, did they after... ever
4: play anyone good? What's going on? Well, they beat Oklahoma State over the weekend. Oh, did they? Yeah, come on now.
5: Micah Shrewsbury, great win. I thought about the shirt off, but I've kept it on. Uh, Butler's got a a tournament uh, coming up. Uh, Florida Atlantic on Thursday. Who just lost, by the way. The the Dusty Mayors just lost. So Butler's going to get Thursday, Friday, and then again on Sunday. Obviously, you have the three Thanksgiving games. Now, these are all NFC games.
4: This oh, is that, is that how it works out this year? Let me check. And now we
5: don't. Yeah, get, you're right. You know, usually the Lions at noon are the laughing stock. Oh, that's a great game. It's the laughing stock right now. Packers at Lions. Packers suck. Commanders at Cowboys, and then the nightcap will be 49ers and Seahawks. That's a great little NFC West game, as you said. Black Friday brings Dolphins and Jets, and that's a
4: three o'clock kick is that right yeah it's a prime game so al michaels get ready baby <laughs> it's a free game too i guess even if you don't have prime oh is it be able well that, to that's because correct, we're, yep. we're all spending seven billion like, dollars okay, on amazon subscribe stuff.
5: and save here at the end of the first quarter
3: how
4: much course. how much are you guys obsessed with the deals online like the like my email is full of 60 percent off click here and i click well, every single well, that's time. what all this week's about right i mean every cyber monday time. isn't that is oh, that a thing yeah. coming up cyber monday my yeah. wife is
3: signed up for like Timu and I I oh, get Lord Heaven's not constantly. that site. Timu, yeah. you
4: got credits. I'm gonna like, get the hell out of here. They always advertise everything's like $2. Like, I don't believe you. I don't believe that that's yeah, $2 and, uh, every time. KB, every time. I have on my iPad, I've had tabs open for three days with all this 60% off deals. I'm shocked your laptop. was was just
5: blown up on you. <laughs>
6: well,
5: uh, so we also get, obviously, the state finals, which you just talked about with Kyle Rip. That'll be Friday and Saturday. The Pacers, the Lightning of the Tree game yeah. Friday night. That's an 8 o'clock tip. Obviously, you'll go a little oak and bucket on Saturday. And then uh, the Colts are back at home. Sunday at one. So whether you want to go local, you want to go oh, it's national, awesome. It's awesome. you want to do basketball, you want to do football, college, professional, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, this is a great week out of the year. And let's be honest, you can only talk to the family for so long on Thanksgiving. Well, I was going your eliminator
4: pick. They they veto <laughs> you twice. Yeah, just absolute joke. I've got no. I've got no clout. So you guys had two eliminators, and you said, "You we know what? Two. Here's yeah. what. I, here's what I, I think, think it was we Jacksonville should do." Both times, that I, th- I, was I think it was. I think that's the case. Yeah, you rolled with the Jaguars. They said Jacksonville never wins at home. Jacksonville won by a trillion yesterday, and you guys, took were, the, the Washington they, Commanders, and Ron they Rivera scared Howell. enough of Devito, and that—that that was my <laughs> justification.
5: It's, it's. I'd rather. I want to bet on the best quarterback. To me, that's Trevor Lawrence over Sam Howell. Yeah. Yeah. I know Sam Howell's had a nice year. I, I still don't want to bet on him. You don't want to bet
4: on the other team. You want to if you're no. taking a team, you want to ride Levito, with that team. DeVito, Levis, who cares? I'm not worried about well, them. I, I'm I'm nervous. I'm down to like seven. I'm I'm one of like seven or eight in an eliminator league, and it's like winner take all. And it's like two or three grand. Well, I now mean, this week, I, so now I'm ter- I'm terrified of who I'm going to take this week. And I'm going to be watching these slate. games. Oh yeah, no bye weeks. this No week.
5: bye weeks. As we get into week twelve here, no bye weeks. Oh. Um, I think week 13
4: is kind of a big uh, bye week. But, like, could I take uh, the yeah. Titans over the Panthers? Could I take the 3-7 and seven Tennessee Titans in the fighting Will Levises? Oh, I need to hear those. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll do that later in the week, maybe. And Rex tosses this out. I've, I forgot
5: about this one, Rex, and I, that environment should be interesting. I forgot we got Indiana and Harvard at Gamebridge Fieldhouse on Sunday.
4: Harvard. How could you ever forget that? Isn't
5: Harvard like kind of, I would assume they're kind of well, good Well, they're, right? they're, they're usually a because good Is still there?
4: I have, uh, yeah, he is, isn't he? Because he didn't get the Duke job. Yeah, but Indiana's we're all t- now we're all typing right now because we have no idea. I'm trying to look up where Har- Harvard's 138 in the Kempom, but that doesn't always mean anything. But they are 4 and 1. I need to check out who their 1 is. Indiana has the start of this
5: trend now with obviously no Crossroads Classic anymore. They in- lost to BC. Indiana playing uh, last year. I think it was like maybe Ohio, maybe. Uh, Harvard, uh, they lost to BC, you said, Mark? Yeah, the, uh, yeah
4: that's not going to be a good Saturday, loss.
5: Saturday,
3: 73-64. Yeah,
4: that's not going to be a good loss. Boston College, probably not a good loss this season. Probably without knowing anything about Boston College basketball, more disappointed in the Pacers yesterday or Indiana? Uh, I am more disappointed in the Pacers because I expect something. I expect more from them than Indiana. But just saying that I,
5: doesn't that I, isn't listen, that a disservice to where Indiana is as a program too?
4: I mean it is. I just I, I had high, okay, so I had high hopes for Indiana. Uh, in my take away this year was you know when you know Joey Brackets and everyone had him as like a ten seed preseason. I know that doesn't mean anything you know my thing was like nah, go be go be like a six or a seven um you know and even then you could say well where's indiana if you're a seven seed and that's a total fair rebuttal from you but i was like nah, you can you can be better here i thought this team had higher expectations and then we saw them play and then we saw those three games they played against mid majors where you know some of these teams didn't have their best players bad defense not a lot coming from the bench and bako has looked lost time to bench him I mean, sure. I I, I mean, listen. Bringing and him off the bench
5: might m- might be good for him. I say that more to do with how disappointed he's been, and less to do with oh man, CJ Gunn, Caleb Banks, you know, insert whoever off the bench. Gabe, Cupp. like I. It- I don't say that because there's been some bench player that all of a sudden has just, every time he gets in the game he gives you yeah. something of uber quality. Yeah, right? Cubs, I, I,
4: I think water's found its level a little bit there. Uh, yeah, I mean, Cubs has, even when he was playing those games early that mattered, he wasn't scoring, and you know, you saw it again, he took one shot, uh, I think, against UConn. No, I mean, to me, the Pacers, I expect them to be now, after we have seen them early in the season, do you not? I expect them to be, you know, a 5-6 seed, you know, maybe even better, and I have, you know, I mean, Halliburton has been so good, and they've been a deep team, and I kind of feel like with both basketball programs, the issues that they have were magnified. IU doesn't defend well. They don't shoot the three. Apparently, they're not a tough team either. Uh, You know, we're finding that out. They don't have a deep roster. Uh, You know, their bench doesn't help out the starters. We saw all of that yesterday against UConn, and then with the Pacers, they foul a lot we saw that yesterday. They don't defend well. We know that. And we saw that yesterday as well. Someone tweeted it. And I need to go look at it. Even at how bad the Pacers play, the over hit by nine points. <laughs> Even as bad as they played. It's and quite it, the, and, and listen, the degenerate thought it. Listen, Halliburton Sunday. had an off game, and they just had an off game. And you saw that you know early second quarter with the substitution pattern, patterns by Rick Carlisle that this was one of those games where they didn't have it. You can write that off. You can move on. Go beat Atlanta tomorrow, but... I think that's the difference between comparing the Pacers to Indiana. I mean, I don't expect Indiana to beat
5: Louisville today. I don't. It's that you can sit here, and I think relatively confidently I can say the Pacers have earned benefit of the doubt of yesterday being an anomaly. Yesterday not being the norm. I mean, Halliburton, for the first time in over a year, had more turnovers than assists in a game. Indiana through the first three games, bless you,
0: Indiana's in the first three games.
5: These are a fart, to be quite Thank honest. Thank you. Oh, jeez, God. Well, did you see him <laughs> well, put his head into yeah. his elbow? Do you think he was farting there? The I, I, sound I heard. You think I was
3: trying to smell my own <laughs> fart, basically, a 9-10
6: well, mark? he
5: was letting it rip. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Indiana has not created any benefit of the doubt in the first three games. Any of them. So that's where no. I think you have the big difference from that. Now, Pacers-wise, I am curious this. Jamal uh, Mosley said this prior to the game. Magic, at Head coach of, okay... We know who the head
4: of the snake is. Thank you for clarifying who that was. I know. I just because there's know. not... Listen, the over-unders, two and a half of the listening audience, <laughs> who knew who that was? I found out who that was yesterday. I wasn't 100% confident <laughs> that I totally got the first name right well, I there. thought you were going to go Jamal McGlure there for well, a second. It sounded like you were going to call him Jamal McGlure, which would have been interesting as well. Is that a Kentucky legend in Jamal McGlure? Uh, he's uh, he's from Canada, too. He's a Canadian really? legend. Is he not? Yeah. Jamal McGlure. I yeah. did not know that. But he is a Kentucky legend, and he played like 15 years in the league. But, you know, mostly. did. Did say before the
5: game, and, and I think we are used to this with the Magic of like they're a bunch of six, seven, six, eight, six, nine dudes, and they're really long, and they can create some problems that way. They are one of the better defensive teams in the league. Yeah. I don't want to act like sure the Magic are not the laughing stock. They have not been that this no, they're, season. They're a
4: quality team, yes. but
5: these teams and their ability to make the Pacers play with Halliburton not being the quarterback. You know, how can they take the ball out of his hands? Can they double? Do they run, you know, you're going to run a pick and roll? We're not going to be worried about the roller. We're going to run that second defender at Halliburton. And for what it's worth, you didn't have Andrew Nemhard yesterday. And so would he have been a guy that early you go to and say, all right, let's let Nemhard handle it a little bit more. Let's get Halliburton off the ball. Let's try to do some things a little bit differently to initiate things. They brought McConnell in early, but he wasn't very effective in that one. But these are all, I think, parts of growth with an NBA team, Andy, of handle success, handle having to play left-handed a little bit. I just think the disappointment comes from everybody patted you on the back for four or five days, and that's how you reacted in your first game back. You know, the the Magic were on a four-game road trip. It was their last game on a road trip. It was, I believe, the first sellout inside of Gamebridge Fieldhouse all year long. You, you know, those sorts of things... Um, at some point, if you want to continue to climb in this rebuild and become a legit quality, the bullseye is on our back. We're going to handle that really well. These are games that you cannot have them
4: Yeah, you've lost three games at home. What, yesterday and then the Hornets and then the Bulls? You would have liked to have had one of those games. And Orlando, listen, I, I think for me the the overriding thing that we're going to have to watch and i would say you know with the colts we looked at yesterday kb and whoever wanted the texans they hang on and they win 20 you know 116 and we're looking at the browns and steelers games and we're looking at buffalo and the jets and we're looking at all these games and how does it how, how do we view these results through the colts glasses you know looking now in the last week and a half two weeks or so the middle of the Eastern Conference is starting to show up, and what I mean by that is, you know, Orlando is eight and five. They come into the Pacers arena and they win in GameBridge. I mean, that's a big win for a young team, a young coach. Like that's a big win. The Knicks have won like six out of seven, I believe. And the Miami Heat are eight and five as well. If you look at the Heat, they lost the other night to the Bulls, but before that, they had won like seven or eight in a row. The reason I bring that up, Indiana is, at the, is the seven seed right now. I think and, they were the 4th though after it, it, they won on well, Tuesday and, night. And, and that's kind of my point to all of right. this is, while they had a few days off, and while they lost last night, the middle part of, they had kind of passed, the middle part of of, of almost said the ACC, the middle part of the Eastern Conference has started to pick things up, specifically the Heat and specifically the New York Knicks. Yeah. I mean, they're both over him right now.
5: Yeah, it is a very jumbled Eastern Conference picture uh, when you look at it. So, again, the Pacers off to Atlanta later today. Rick Carlisle scheduled to join
4: us coming up at 8. Well, he's not going to be happy. He can't be happy. No, no, they were. They, they, that, that's no. one of those where you and play Moses bad. One of his former assistants. You play bad. You're and listen. You're just you're just not good. I mean, you're not good, and you don't have it from the very beginning. And like you mentioned, there is something to it. Like I don't know what's going on here, but when there's like you know people don't have much going on, or there's like a sellout, the team's got to come through, right? We have seen that with the Colts not coming through, and the Pacers did not come through yesterday whatsoever. I mean, you felt like you were out of that game. From the very beginning, you could tell that with the substitution patterns and, you know, guys like what Ben Shepard get like 15 minutes last night, something like that. I'm looking forward to seeing Purdue later today. I think something that,
5: you know, that gets lost in the shuffle when we talk so much about Purdue is just how impressive they have been in the non-conference these last couple years. Andy, last year they went out to Portland, uh, won that loaded field, beat Duke, beat Gonzaga, beat a West Virginia team as well. Um, you know, a few years ago, I think it was Villanova, North Carolina, if I'm not mistaken, one of those tournaments out in New York. And, and this year, again, just loaded in that Maui field from Gonzaga today. Uh, if they win, and Tennessee wins, they'll get number seven Tennessee tomorrow. The other side of the bracket, you've got number one Kansas, number four Marquette. Um. So it is, in typical Maui fashion, it is a loaded, loaded field. Now, Gonzaga did lose some guys. Drew Timmy, of course, finally has exhausted eligibility, mercifully. Uh,
4: Julian Strother as well. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you like the mustache? Are you like a mustache guy? Yeah. Like when someone does the mustache and it's funny, like, you know, you got a little along old. with it. Timmy got a little old for me. Oh, did he? I don't know. Boy.
5: Maybe I'm being too get-off-my-lawn, but...
4: You're a not a old. you're not a Timmy guy. That actually surprises I me was, a little bit. I was
5: until he stayed for a
4: thirteenth year. <laughs> that, that nil money's good, brother. Now
5: Gonzaga does have, and Indiana fans will remember this name. Mark, remember when we had the Wyoming play-by-play guy Reese Monaco yeah, Reese on the show? Monaco, yeah. So Andy, a few years back, Indiana played Wyoming in the playing game. <laughs> I remember. So we wanted to get to know the Cowboys well, a sure. little bit better. And so we had on the voice of the Cowboys, Reese Monaco. He had just watched Trace Jackson Davis during an open gym the day before, you know, the NCAA tournament open gym practices, and you would have thought he saw Bill Russell.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and really? They had a guy named Graham E.K. Okay. on yeah, that Wyoming I re- I, team. I, re- I remember. I re- absolutely remember the game. So sure. now he's done the portal, and
5: he's at Gonzaga. So now Graham E.K. got Trace Jackson Davis a few years ago. Now he gets Zach Eadie. <laughs> Later today, again, that is a five o'clock tip. That is approximately five o'clock. By by the way, I know some Purdue fans probably would be scramble mode, trying to get home. Uh, Tennessee and Marquette is the first game. Or excuse me, Tennessee and uh, Syracuse Reese is the first Monaco game. Talked at so 2:30. much about
3: Trace Jackson Davis that we were like, we have to get him off the phone. We're about to like, yeah, we had a hard out, and I'm like, oh, we were going to go about five <laughs> minutes into
5: Greeny if we would have kept him on. Yeah,
4: you guys had him on at nine forty-five. Yeah, is yeah. that what it was? Well, you know, again, he's, yeah, sure. he sure lives in Wyoming. We got know, to nine, was, you got to nine fifty or five. I'm like, damn, Chris Carlin's coming up in 5. 5 minutes right, exactly. started sweating <laughs> but i, like, uh, I, I am uh, i am eager to see
5: to see the boilers and again the neutral floor against these quality quality opponents because uh, they are i think the only team in college basketball they have gone undefeated in the non-conference each of the last 2 years and uh, this will be a great test for Matt Painter and his bunch here. Uh, not obviously totally new look, but you know, a guy like Lance Jones, and you know some pieces are a little bit different in terms of how they're distributing minutes and all of that. So uh, 5 o'clock today, ESPN2, Boilers and Zags.
4: Am I wrong to just love Purdue in this game? Because I think I do. So you're taking the five and a half? Yeah, I mean, and right now it's down to five on DraftKings. You can get Zach Edie's over under at 22.5. I wish that was down maybe a bucket or so. I don't know. I guess I'm bullish on Purdue winning this game.
5: You like Purdue minus five
4: and a half or Indiana minus six and a half today? Uh, Purdue. Because that's one of those. That's like your eliminator. Am I taking Sam Howell or am I taking yeah, Trevor that's Lawrence? A good point. I, am I going to rely on Indiana and Xavier well, Johnson? We know where Kevin's in laws are. Listen for that. One. Listen, this, this is the biggest game. Like this is the biggest game. Can you fill us in on Louisville? Okay, so Louisville. That's the best game they've had, and they are now completely snake bin because they guarded the last play really well, and a Texas player pulls up. And Texas. The the moral of the story is Texas might not be very good. I mean, that's, you know, Rodney, was it Rodney Terry who took over there uh, when Chris Beard and you just had to? I mean, every college basketball analyst said, wow, you got to hire him. You got to, you know, he kept the ship afloat. You got to hire him. So they didn't do any sort of a look around to the rest of college basketball. But if Texas loses that game, that is a multiple seed line type loss. That is what Louisville has been. There is a chance that Louisville had their game where they played hard and they did some things well and they you know and, and they could have beat Texas and then they come out today and they fall on their face and they're the bad team that they've been the last two years that is that is absolutely a possibility but Indiana listen Louisville can rebound better than Indiana they can shoot the three ball better than Indiana um, I'm not sure that Louisville's not maybe better at the point guard position if Xavier Johnson isn't going to bring it, then Indiana. I, I don't think Huntley Hatfield in the front court. I, I, I think Indiana will be better there. I think Renew should have a nice game there. I think what we saw— Renew I, just
5: cannot get him fouled Listen, trouble. I
4: know, but I think he's going to be able to kind of put his, his ass on a guy and kind of move him down the lane. That's what we saw yesterday. I think that's what Talk we about can see today. I didn't have on the bingo but, card uh, here on I Monday. Just, I mean, you can't lose this game. You can't lose this game. If Louisville wins this this game, they're going to be laughing at Indiana.
5: Got to get his ass. They're going to be laughing at Indiana. Got to get your ass on the guy. Renew's pretty good, man. I like Renew. Save that for Blackout Wednesday. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah. Anything goes on that night. You're just waiting for someone. And, you know... I mean CJ Gunn was a scorer in high school. Like, is he gonna be that? It doesn't seem like he could throw it in the ocean right now. Obviously Mbako can't throw it in the ocean. Like, who is going to provide a little bit of a individual playmaking
4: hit and open shot moment or two they for ju- Indiana? They just it feels like they just have no firepower. None. It doesn't feel that way at all. They, like, it, their front court's fine, but it's a guards game. And I just, I, I well, look it, at their roster and I'm like, game. I just can't
5: find anybody who's going to come through. It's a guards game. And also, again, the front court dominance, there's an element of it just starts to kind of find its level when you play better, more high major teams because the sheer height differential you have. Like, how many times in those mid major games they play the first three games of the year, Andy did, you know, Army. Or Florida Gulf Coast or Wright State, they just had to hack Indiana. And, you know, eventually Indiana got to the foul line a million times. And yeah, they don't shoot it great from the foul line, but eventually they, you know, got to the foul line. And that, you know, turned out to be kind of a separator. Or the opponent just got into foul Mm -hmm. trouble. And mid-major teams just don't have that depth. You know, yesterday with UConn, and yeah, I mean, I I think the officiating let some things play out, certainly, but there's just a little bit more size. And Donovan Klingon is a big, big dude. But even the other longer guys for UConn, that just mucks some things up. And Cleo Ware doesn't hit a two point basket. Malik Renew can't stay on the floor without Fallon and Kinsey and Baco can't throw it in the ocean.
4: Let me ask you this. If Indiana loses today, okay, which could happen, what is what is the IU reaction? Because Woodson's your coach. This is your team, right? I mean, like, what is the. Is it just anger and everyone's going to be frustrated and we're all going to throw our hands in the air and it's going to be, well, you know, I mean, get ready for Purdue to be the dominant team around here. Listen, Purdue was obviously going to be the better team around here anyway. It didn't, you know, this game's not going to prove that. But, I mean, what would be the reaction? Because you would then leave this 0-2 in this tournament in MSG. You, you would leave with a 20-point loss and a loss to a team that's probably going to be sub-150 in the Ken Palm. The majority of the season. It's a loss where if you lost, you know, if you, lo- this would be losing to a a nothing mid major. I mean, that's, a, I mean, I think yeah. they're, it's like Colgate, USC, Davis. Those are the teams they're between. What is, this is my first time in this city I think covering you, the IU reaction. I know what it, it is. It'd be in universal Louisville. panic
5: because we have to keep it in reality. And I thought you just did a nice job there of who Louisville is. D- don't think like name on the jersey, Louisville. Again, they haven't won. Away from home and over a year, they
4: won four games last season. Notre Dame four.
5: beat them last year, if you want to know. Even uh, series freaking out again. about. I remember that a Notre Dame Indiana game loss. because
4: Notre Dame got ahead in that game, and they literally played stall ball for the final twenty minutes. Four corners it, from Coach Brent. It was. I know you'll remember. It was one of the worst basketball games one could watch. Yeah, well, <laughs> it was bad,
5: man. <laughs> Welcome to Notre Dame basketball <laughs> last year.
4: Uh, so yes, it, it would be universal
5: panic because now it would impact the resume. Like now we are getting, You know, yesterday it doesn't impact. The resume. Yes, it's another indicator of, oh man, when is this going to get turned around? Uh, how is it going to get turned around? And now it would be the same questions we would have tomorrow morning, but now it would start to impact what it could look like in March. And Andy, you don't go out there and start three five star kids and have a six year point guard and play the bubble game. Like that, 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 that can't be where you're at as a program. That would be the reality though, if today is a loss. You'd be, Exiting because what well, Harvard is the only game you have the rest of the month. You'd be exiting November, getting into early December, and you would be playing the bubble game with what is it? Auburn on a neutral floor and home to Kansas. Is that the other two? I'm trying to think what the non-conference schedule yeah, is. Yeah, let,
4: let me look that up. I know you're right. Yeah, and then I mean, yeah, yeah. No, that's it's exactly Auburn right. down it's, there, it's, right? It's, though it's, it's in Atlanta. I think it's uh, it's Auburn. I believe in Atlanta. I looked at it's holiday hoops giving. Is that what it's being called? So you're going to be a, whatever, a handful
5: point underdog, if not more. I would guess Auburn would be that. And then Kansas is probably, you know, yeah, it's it's Assembly Hall. It'll be a hostile environment when Kansas goes there. But still, um, those two are not givens at all. And if all of a sudden you exit the non-conference with those two being losses, your resume's what?
4: Well, it's nothing. What would be frustrating to me if I'm an Indiana fan is if you said, okay, McKenzie and Baco is he's changing positions a little bit. You know, we had Mike deCourcy on last week and becoming a wing in college basketball can be difficult and he was, you know, more of a four and we know that You know, a guy like him, his size could beat up guys in high school. And so you look at him and you say, okay, the stud five-star freshman isn't working out. Cool. Understandable. Uh, He'll get it going as we go. That could be part of the conversation here. But the thing I have an issue with is... Roster construct, and then on top of it, the developmental guys—the guys coming off the bench—they're not giving you anything either. So it's kind of like, okay, if we're going to rely on, so you know, a, you know, uh, a deep roster, or yeah, I mean, Gabe th- Cups has th- been scoreless yeah, the last two games. Th- you know, a three-star guy or a transfer, like some of these solid guys. Okay, well, they're not developing either, and the f- and the five-star guy isn't developing. Like, you can't have it both ways. And I guess I was bullish on Indiana being much better than they were going to be before the season, and I was wrong. I mean, you know, Joel already had him as a ten seed before the season. I looked at that, and I thought, well, with Mackenzie and Baco and Xavier Johnson coming back, and you know, front court of Ware and Malik Renew has taken his game and he's moved his game up a step. I thought that would be crazy. Ah, they'll be better than a ten seed. Mike Woodson has been a good coach here. He's been an NBA coach. He'll figure it out as we go, but. I don't think they have good personnel. I, I, I don't. I think they have three or four guys you can rely on, but I'm not sure anyone on the bench right now is is ready to play Big Ten basketball. None yeah, of
5: them. I think it's a mix of two things. I think it's questions about personnel and questions about the puzzle. Like, does the puzzle fit? I just I think there's such awkward fits together too, of like trying to make you know the starting five mesh together. I brought this up at the start of the year, Andy. I mean, Khalil Ware and Mackenzie Abaco came to Bloomington and said, we want to be one and dones. You know, obviously Ware, it would be two years. But we're here for a year, and we're, we think we're going to be lottery picks, and we're leaving. Okay, now you have a very volatile six-year point guard handling the ball. That doesn't, you know, add up. And then in Malik Renew and Trey Galloway, and Renew probably more than Galloway, they're probably a little bit more of the consistent guys, the guys the coaching staff trust a little bit more. And they obviously, from an individual talent standpoint, they don't view themselves as, you know, we need to control the ball. We need to dominate the ball, possession in and possession out. And through four games, to your point, I just don't sit here and think, individually, you can point to many bright spots of like, okay, yeah, you feel really good about that. You can build around that. Oh, you know, Flash is here. That's going to grow a little bit. Things are going to have to change in a hurry here for all of a sudden that belief to, to be there. If so. you
4: look at if you look at, I know I'm picking on these guys. Like, I don't think Sparks can play at this level. I, I don't. I, I think I just, you play in the NFL. Yeah, that might be where he needs to go. Could anyone who's on the bench right now play for last year's team and get 10 minutes a game? No. I I don't think they could. Could they? they? Yeah. I mean, mean, last year's team didn't have a
5: huge bench anyways, but no. I mean, you couldn't put any of these guys in. And and it's a little bit of that. And again, I don't think we're there just yet, but if this continues to be the storyline with Indiana this season, Andy, it's like the NBA way of let's go out, get the new team, and Mike Woodson's history in that league, will mesh it together. It's a little easier said than done. And I think with 18- and 19-year-olds – that can be difficult, and, and, and look at UConn. That whole, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I don't believe they had a single five star in that starting lineup yesterday. No, UConn. I mean, they no. had a transfer from Rutgers. Right, they transferred from Virginia yeah. Tech. I think it's the Newton kid. Like, like, like that team's not the number five team in the country. No, but I mean, watch how they play. Right, and how they play together, and the puzzle pieces just fit a little bit more with that. Well, let me, um, can I ask you something before we get to a check down? Yeah, and by the way, we got uh, uh, tickets to give away for the Pop Quiz OAR. Oh, you they're gotta in, love that. They're in concert in 10 months from here and we're giving away tickets. Yeah. <laughs> that's end how of, much they're in demand.
4: End <laughs> of August. Book Ma- your calendars Ma- now. Mar Ma did say that, but the it's poor like guy... the he, tour. The poor, yeah, the poor guy who, who wins is gonna either... For, he's gonna forget about it. He's gonna get an email from us like, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Quickly before we get... We have a Pop Quiz as well. What, um what brought you to where you feel i feel like we are having a conversation that's much different than than last week What brought you closer to where I am with this Indiana team? Because we're not offering the, hey, maybe they'll get it. Mbako will get it. They'll figure out some different lineups. Xavier Johnson's not going to be that bad. Uh, You know, Trey Galloway can up his game a little bit, and that will help. The bench will get a little bit better, and that will provide enough for Indiana to at least be an NCAA tournament team. We're not offering the audience any of that this morning.
5: Well, because for me, it's gotten worse over the course of the four games. You gave up 80 to a mid-major team without its best player. And then yesterday, when you knew the three-point line wasn't going to be utilized, you got bullied down low. No second chance points for the entire game. UConn rebounds, what, 40-some percent of their misses? I mean, those are astonishing numbers for a team in Indiana that if you're going to be the contrarian, if you're going to go big, Mm -hmm. that was the issue with with the Pacers we had for several years. If you're playing Turner and Sabonis together, you should control the paint. You should be able to establish yourself as a rebounding team, a rim-protecting team, however you want to describe it. And Indiana does not or, or cannot do that. So for the linear line... To me, it's gone down a little bit, and today, boy, it's just quite the wake-up call that... 3.30 when coverage will begin over on WIBC. That is a 4.30 tip for Indiana and Louisville, Purdue, and Gonzaga again. That is 5 o'clock from Hawaii there for the Boiler. So, uh, pop quiz in a few. Go ahead and give us a call. 317-239-1070. Mark, that is a pair of tickets to OAR literally at the end of August, correct? Literally August 31st at the White River State Park uh,
3: amphitheater. And uh, yeah, so mark your calendars, put reminders in your phones, because yeah. And as the end someone, of the summer when the kids go back to school As someone that
5: saw OAR at White River State Park just a few, what felt like a few weeks ago, I guess it was a couple months ago at this point, outstanding venue and outstanding band as well. So highly encourage uh, you to give us a call at 317-239-1070. For that, Andy Sweeney, lead us off in a morning check down. The morning check down.
4: Seven, five, the yeah, let's start with the Pacers. One twenty-eight, one sixteen, losers to the Orlando Magic last night. The whistle officiating on the minds of both Tyrese Halliburton and Rick Carlisle. Here's Halliburton post-game. You're not going to get. We didn't
1: get enough stops. I uh, didn't get out and play in transition. Uh, I thought the juice from us from the jump wasn't great. Um, I thought that they were at, they lived at the free throw line tonight, and I don't I think part of that is a result of us, but I think there's um, other factors as well. I thought they were at the free throw line every every other play, and that's the way they play. They get downhill. They don't shoot a ton of
4: threes, but, um, yeah, rough night. All right, so that was Halliburton. This was Rick Carlisle on the referees postgame.
1: You're not going to get me to talk about the referees, so... Quit trying. All I led Tyree. the league in technicals last year, all <laughs> coaches, and I have zero this year. So I have a I have a strong belief in these guys.
4: Thirty-two fouls, Matherin fouled out, but you're down forty points in the second I, I, I half. I know. I did. It was officiating a tough whistle. Sure, you're down 34 half. <laughs> to, to the, the Magic. magic. Yeah, Most there, there you've you allowed,
5: least you've scored all year in the first half. I I'm sorry, I can't go there. Uh, Rick Carl, spot on schedule to join us tomorrow. At 8 o'clock. All right, week 11 in the NFL. Again, the Colts coming back from their bye week. I'd say kind of a mixed bag in terms of the help they got and I guess the help that they did not get yesterday, the Chargers losing to the Packers. Has Brandon Staley been fired yet, by the way? Uh,
4: he has not. Uh, all the NFL network and ESPN shows are wondering if or should he be on the hot seat. And I I thought he was I thought he's been on the hot seat for the last two years I think that's frankly. their 37th loss <laughs> by three
5: points or less in the Staley era. Late last night, Denver came back to beat Cortland Sutton, made another terrific touchdown catch late. Josh Dobbs almost pulled out some more magic there, but Denver over Minnesota. So that's kind of the reverse of it. The Colts did get some help, didn't get all of it though. AFC Southwise, Jacksonville, Rolls, Tennessee, and CJ Stroud, 336 and a Texans win there. He continues to be very, very impressive. He's good. That boy's good. There's no doubt about it. you got the Eagles plus two and a half tonight Uh, over the Chiefs?
4: Yeah, I'll take the Eagles over the Chiefs tonight. Uh, I don't really have any great analysis. Don't follow my picks. I have no idea why I'm going there, but that's what I'm going with. Quickly, we've talked about it. IU in action around 4.30 today in New York. And in Maui, Purdue, Gonzaga around 5 o'clock. Cannot wait for that one. And You know what? I think I'm going to go Purdue to cover, and I think I'm going to go Indiana barely covering. Indiana winning and barely covering. I don't know why. I'll let you and Little Gas I, sweat I, that I, out. I, I think that uh, the UofL was a blip on the radar yesterday. Andy That's what I think. Andy
3: doesn't like making picks on a Friday before the injury report comes out for Colts games. Imagine making picks on a Wednesday when we're off <laughs> Thursday, Friday.
4: Although he.
5: I'm taking the Colts. I was going to say, he expressed some conf- early I'm taking confidence early in that. the Bucs. I, I would say so. Again, Tampa Bay. Pretty beat up yesterday as they lost to San Francisco out in San Fran. Uh, college football rundown from the weekend. Notre Dame rolled Wake Forest in Sam Hartman's final game in Notre Dame Stadium. Uh, outside of that, Indiana did Indiana football-type things in the fourth quarter and blowing that one late to Michigan State. Purdue, with a backup quarterback, loses to Northwestern. So that sets up the bucket game of all bucket games. Alert your family members of this one. 3-8 <laughs> and eight, Purdue. Three and eight Indiana. Indiana's going for the over on win total, right? Wasn't it three and a half at the start of the year? Oh yeah, great point.
4: Yeah, that's a great point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder what I went with. A lot of five twenty nines on the line. If I went uh, three or four, I told a buddy who's a big Michigan State fan. I'm like, man, in another world, if we could have lined this up, we we should have went to that game on Saturday. You sit in the sun, you drink the beers, you watch some football, and it doesn't matter who wins. It doesn't matter if Indiana or Michigan State.
5: parking lot and drink the beer. I don't know if you do <laughs> that in it, stadium. Why
4: isn't, you know, one side of the stadium, sun? you're sitting in the sun, you're just, you know, it's not good football, but it's football. You um, could have just enjoyed the game with, you know, I mean, you were in an SEC stadium. Those Tennessee fans were well, ramped Let's up. not compare the okay? atmosphere at Neyland well, well, no, to the atmosphere no, in Bloomington. What, what I'm saying is you had fans that were r- upset when they lost. They were all ramped up and jacked up and ready to go. You don't have any of that. You can just sit back. There's not a lot of people in attendance. Kick your feet up on the bleacher in front of you. Enjoy some brews. Enjoy the camaraderie. Enjoy some fun, right? This year's open
3: bucket should be dubbed the puke bucket
5: (laughs) game. Yeah, Yeah, Put some mayo in that bucket Uh, there. Oh, did you see
3: my picture with the mayo with a hint of lime in it? This looks Hell appetizing, yeah. right? Wanted to get that one for L- Colts Ooh. Titans?
5: Literally horrific on that. And Purdue a slight favor, by the way, in the bucket game coming up. I'll take Tom Allen. This weekend. Alright, pop quiz. Uh, OAR tickets we're giving away. A pair of them coming up in August. Yes, you heard that correct. Uh give us a call at 317-239-1070. All
4: right, so Scotty's back. He has no idea the uh the mess we made of his pop quiz last week. So what the question that trolls question was legit. <laughs> that was a patchwork effort. Calling it, it that was, would be an understatement, I it, guess. It was a patchwork effort. We have OAR tickets to give away the concerts at the end of August, so ten months away for that, we could do that. And uh, you know, Mark, you made a joke, but then I looked at the call screener list and we have a Randy and a Jackson back to back. We have a Randy Jackson on the line. How about that?
3: It's a no for me dog.
4: Yeah. <laughs> wasn't randy jackson the autograph on the stepbrothers sword yeah in the movie step i'm thinking of american idol on that on that end no i i think of whenever you can get randy jackson's autograph on a sword in an airport you do it that's what <laughs> that's what i think i think of the movie stepbrothers uh andy swinney number one through eight. Oh goodness let's go let's go number three how does that sound mark color three okay so it's not
3: randy it's not jackson it might be Taylor Swift. It's, it's Taylor. Boy, that was the ultimate tease
4: right there. Yeah, it really was. That'd be a big get. Maybe not at 945 either. We should put Taylor Swift. Anyway, Taylor, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Hey, Taylor.
5: What's on the Thanksgiving agenda?
4: Oh,
2: you know, eating, napping, hoping my Packers will pull off a little upset against Detroit. Packers suck. That was a nice
5: nice win for your Packers yesterday.
2: I, I can live with it.
5: Love's getting better are they uh, are they lurking at all? Someone's got to make the NFC playoffs?
2: Yeah, I'm hoping not. I'd rather get another receiver in the mix. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's,
4: that's, that's how me and Mark feel. yeah, that's how I felt too. uh they're not lurking. I think the NFC's done. I mean, who, who's I'd, like the seventh no, team? It's gonna be Minnesota. I mean, somebody's gotta get in. It's gonna be Minnesota. I mean, I think it's going to be. I mean, you even look at the Packers now. I mean, the Packers are still a two full games back. So are the Rams. So is Atlanta. I, I don't think any of those teams are going to be able to catch Minnesota. That's you gotta just me, love though.
5: the comment. I think the NFC's done. Well, unfortunately, they gotta have seven teams in the playoffs.
4: Yeah, yeah. I, I just think I think we know who the playoff teams are. If Minnesota lost, I mean that would be that would be fun. But we know six of the seven, I think we know seven of them. Taylor, are
2: you an OAR fan? Uh, I listened to him a little bit in high school. Not recently, but, you know, any time you get a chance for free tickets, why not? you got yeah. 10 months I'm to catch up on your yeah. catalog. Yep, uh-huh.
5: yep. <laughs> Dial up yeah. the Spotify. you got a lot of time to hit up that playlist. All right, well, congrats on the tickets. Uh, Andy Swinney, you want to throw number one at him? And All happy right. Thanksgiving, Yeah, Taylor.
4: Happy Thanksgiving, Taylor. Let's see how you can do here. All right, the San Francisco 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy. He compiled a perfect 158.3 quarterback rating in yesterday's win over the Buccaneers. Who was the last? Niners QB to throw a perfect game was it Jeff Garcia Alex Smith Steve Young Joe Montana Uh, let's go with Alex Smith how about the Golden Domer Taylor
2: <laughs> All right, Joe
5: Montana. <laughs> right. Joe Montana. <laughs> nice start there. Purdy's perfect game was the second in the NFL this season. Name the other quarterback to compile a 158.3 QB rating this year. I don't think I would have gotten hmm. this one right. Uh, was it Tua, Matthew Stafford, Josh Allen, or Kirk
2: Cousins? Hmm. Um, So you wouldn't have
4: gotten it. So let's go with uh, Kirk Cousins. All right, question number three on this day. In 1977, Walter Payton rushed for a then-NFL record 275 yards in a Bears win over the Vikings. Who currently holds the record for most rushing yards in an NFL game? Is it Corey Dillon, Jamal Lewis, Adrian Peterson, Sean Alexander?
2: Uh AP. Look at that.
5: Nice work there, Taylor. All right, number four here, F1. They returned to Las Vegas for the first time since 1982 with, of course, Max Verstappen winning Saturday night's race. Would you call that Sunday morning, Scotty, based off when the green flag dropped? Uh, Verstappen has won 18 of the 21 F1 races (laughs) held this season. Ridiculous. Heading into this Sunday's finale in Abu Dhabi. Name the other driver with multiple F1 race wins this season. Is it A, Carlos Sainz, B, Sergio Perez, C, Charles Leclerc, or D, nobody other than Verstappen has won multiple times? Uh, D, nobody
4: other than (laughs) Verstappen. I mean, that's who I would go to, right? I'm going to butcher a bunch of names, Taylor, so uh, settle in. I'm glad I didn't get that one. The last time F1 ventured to Vegas was for the 1982 Caesars Palace Grand Prix, which was held on the grounds of the Hotel Casino. So there you go, Caesars Palace. Who won the 1982 Caesars Palace Grand Prix? Was it Mikel Alboreto, Nelson Piquet, Mario Andretti, Elaine Prost? Uh, you know, being here in Indy, let's go with Andretti.
5: I feel like it was a decent guess. Back Taylor back F1 questions. Taylor, tell me nobody makes like Taylor Swift jokes to you at all, do they?
2: Uh, no, my office nickname is indeed Swifty, so yeah, it's out there. <laughs> Are you good with that?
5: Did you have a choice? Did your boss come up with it, and you have to just laugh awkwardly?
2: Yeah, I'll sing every now and again. Butcher the lyrics, but you know, I'm not the Swiftie, so.
5: Way to be a good sport on that. Just for that, I hope your Packers win.
4: Well, I mean, Taylor, on you, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to give us uh, a verse, would you? You say you sing, so that uh, do you know some lyrics? Is that so? I mean, we'll we'll be quiet nah, for a second just, if that's something you would want to do to the people of Indianapolis. Uh, just just uh, uh, just deep tracks for uh, you know the locals who know me.
5: Trying to get Taylor to call in again. Not
2: uh, Taylor, are you a Dolly Parton fan at all? Uh, no, I am not, yeah. unfortunately. Well, it's all our Saturday. And, yeah,
5: it was <laughs> Neither tough. is KB. Yeah. Looked like Corso on game day there for a second. All right, Taylor, kind of a mixed bag. Montana, yes, correct. Let's uh, go! Adrian Peterson, correct. Let's see. Uh, correcto. And I'm afraid that's it, right, boys?
4: Uh, it. Josh that's Allen it. on the
5: perfect rating.
4: Yeah, that one I, I would not have. Uh, I probably would have gone with Tua. Right, he's known for accuracy. I would have guessed two a two. Yeah, probably uh, would have went two.
5: Sergio Perez won multiple races in F1, and that's his. Is
4: that his teammate versus teammate? It! No, is, is, he's not his teammate. Okay, so he's not allowed he to signs
5: win. his teammate. So his teammate hasn't won a race this year
4: if you're if you're his teammate aren't you like wait a minute why aren't we
5: doing what he's
4: doing yeah why exactly like let's go like give me something let He's me win. won 18 yeah, of the 21 let, let me win the last one at the end of the year just to say I won one so did that go off without a hitch or was that a mess or the fans and all the complaining and everything else what happened in vegas yeah, cuz i have no we actually, idea
5: we we flipped on sport we we flipped on SportsCenter Center Sunday morning, and they you know of course they're going to act like it was great because sure. you know they have uh, the TV TSN, rights, yeah. but it sounded like it was somewhat entertaining. Okay, well, but again, somewhat for entertaining for F one, you know, means three passes the whole race. Let's say three passes. Yeah. Uh,
4: all right, we'll do it one final time here. It's a wake up call with KB and Andy. All right, final couple minutes of the show. Reminder coming your way. Query and Company at noon. JMV at 3 o'clock we will have you covered. And then, you know, this is a busy weekend of sports. College basketball, NFL, college football. Pacers back in action tomorrow. Desperately needing uh, to get that bad taste out of their mouths, I would imagine. I know you guys know what happened 19 years ago yesterday. November 19th. 2004. Obviously, if we were on yesterday, I would have brought it up, but it, it's a day off. November 19th, 2004. Yeah, yeah I remember exactly where mm-hmm. I was
5: sitting on the couch Same. and stayed up, and you know, it. It, it honestly, <laughs> malice
4: in the palace for people that don't know.
5: You know, it started a few possessions before. Yeah, I mean, you, you just knew Artest and Wallace. There was something that was going to happen there. Uh, obviously. Did not foresee what would unfold there after that. And just so many vivid memories of it. I mean, Jabal <laughs> Tinsley with a dustpan in the air. I mean, Jermaine O'Neal almost killed the dude uh, oh, with, the, with the punch and slipping, and falling. The
4: guy stepping up to ride our test is still one of the most amazing things and you know in what, the history of sports.
5: It, it instituted, obviously, several rule, stadium changes, et cetera, et cetera, that we still see today. Uh, but Ben Wallace, like, not leaving the floor in that you know decent manner like that that's now a thing you see oh, if you yeah. see a guy get Tossed from a game, you know, his team's staff gets him off the floor <laughs> in a, you know, decently quick manner because the longer Wallace lingered, oh, the yeah. more it was it, just the worse instigated, the yeah. more,
4: you know, it, and the worse it got. And uh, you guys ever follow Worldwide West? You know, he was there. Was getting, he really? Yeah, he was there getting guys off the floor. I just remember the the aimless chairs just being thrown in. I just, I, listen, I, I think of that, you guys may not, I think of that and I smile. And oh, I smile. no. Oh, it
5: was such a dark moment for oh, the Pacers. No, I mean, no. sucked back the franchise for years. No,
4: it it did, but I, I think if you look at it, you know if you look at a guy who steps up to run our test you have to smile at yeah, that a little bit. I, that's a Pacers he, team that could have won it all. He stood up to Ron Artest. Yeah, I don't run smile. I, test, think he's a, KB. I think he's a dumbass. Oh my goodness, Ron Artest! He was going to fight Ron Artest.
5: Yeah, now ruined the franchise for at least Ron Artest. At least a handful of years. Yeah, oh. there's no there's no smile for me about the mouse. And it the was mouse.
4: a Friday night, was it not? That sounds right. Yeah, Friday. I mean, I'm pretty night. sure it was because we were hanging at a buddy's house. I remember Bill Walton over and over. That's when Bill Walton did. NBA games. It was over and over saying how it's a disgrace and well, We had Larry else.
5: Brown on the mic getting emotional. Uh, I mean, imagine if you're in Carlisle the, was the head head coach, coach, was he not?
4: Wasn't Carlisle the I head coach? I think
5: he was. Should we ask him about it tomorrow? You know, Probably I'm, I, not. I'm gonna guess he's not. Gonna, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's one of the. It's one of the marquee. Let's talk events. about the magic game, or let's talk about the mouse of the palace. He <laughs> might
4: want to talk about the mouse of the palace more than that. Yeah, Reggie not playing that oh. night. Yeah, it was. Um, it, it was. It was a bad job of getting everyone off the floor. Oh, horrific that, job. That that, that was that's, horrific job. That's yeah. where that's where you're right. That it really started. Of hey, whenever there's anything, we have eight assistant coaches. We got three lines of benches. Get these guys
5: off the well, floor. that and then the other big rule thing. Coming off that is, you know, when you watch any sort of scrap, even you watch the Draymond Green Rudy Gobert from a few weeks ago, yep, you, you have the get back coaches. Yep, no one leaves the benches now, yep. you know, because that obviously added to more of Ooh. it. 2004, uh, man, not sure Ooh. I'll go there with Rick Carlisle tomorrow at eight. But uh, Rick Carlisle going to join <laughs> us again. Pacers and Hawks. Uh, the day of basketball, IU and Louisville 4:30, Purdue and Gonzaga five o'clock. Great Monday night game with the Chiefs and Eagles. Enjoy it all. We'll recap it with you tomorrow.